and welcome to episode 106 of RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of tabletop role-playing games, and we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxley Oshlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Oh, and today there's a lot of judgment coming down. Along with me, as usual, is the DM who won Wood Chipper of the Year Award, Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. How are you today, <laughs> sir? I'm really well. When you said wood chipper of the year, I was actually reminded of uh, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You, you've seen uh, yeah, that? I've seen it. Seen yeah. yeah, where they where the college kid threw himself in the wood chipper. <laughs> Freaking hilarious! That, uh, oh, oh, and if you haven't seen the uncut version, there there was an uncut version on that was released That's on the sure internet which one before it actually came out. There was one scene that was cut. Which I don't know why, because it was stupid funny. Where where uh, uh, Tucker fell down and he saw a kid that was that had impaled himself on a tree branch, and he's like, "Damn, college kids! Why can't they kill themselves at school like they're supposed to?" <laughs> they completely cut that scene out. It pissed me off. Because, was it cool. during? Was it during a time? Let's say like the the Virginia Tech massacre or something. I, I don't forget. care. Neither do I. But you know, yeah, you know, I you mean, know how they get censored. Look, Megatron can never be a fucking pistol. Already cursed. Megatron can never be a, a pistol again because, oh, think of the children. Yet I never shot anybody with a firearm and I've owned firearms and I actually still have well, a half. Unfortunately, I had things. Megatron as well. I had Megatron and I had Galvatron. I didn't like Galvatron as much, but nobody did. Know, and the, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say after a while, the whole uh, transforming Megatron into a gun thing. Uh, it got a little loose and it wouldn't yeah, stay yeah. together a lot. So it is it true. Was poorly made. No. All right. So anything exciting going on in your week? Uh, I didn't get my new glasses, obviously. Well, not obviously. You probably they're, they're similar to these, but you can't tell. But I'm supposed to get them tomorrow. They were they were held up in Ohio for, I don't know, drug testing. I got nothing. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> but they were held up in Ohio. So I didn't get them this week. But uh, I, I did get my new uh, my new Bose noise canceling headphones. Ooh. Uh, the uh, the old ones I got almost 20 years ago 15 15 17 years ago they finally started to the the left speaker finally started to fritz out which which so, ones did you have i had the the og i'm talking silver silver yeah. and black i i have uh, um at work i have like the was the 225s or something like that because i have to have a cable at work i can't have wireless bose make me one one i don't care which one it is one model 
<laughs> that has a goddamn wire in it because I can't wear wireless. I work in a secure environment. 35. Uh, you can't buy them anymore. Yes, you can because that's the one I bought last week. And okay. I got. Uh, should send me a link later. Because <laughs> okay. I even tried it to on, eBay. It was on Amazon. It was on Amazon. It was refurbished. Mm. Okay. But it is it is pris, it is pristine. There's not even a scratch on it. Okay. And even the even the little cushions, yeah, completely firm, and they're not they're not deteriorating at all. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll look into that because yeah, uh, I, my my right speaker is out on the one that I have at work. Uh And I can't wear wireless in my office because you know I work in a secure security. environment and. Yeah. You know, so and i i did i spent my wife even because she always like you don't know how to search on google so she even spent a bunch of time i think she spent like two weeks trying to find them for me and like nope they're all wireless or they're like 35 bucks and i don't trust them yeah well th these ones were 100 and no 180 the brand new ones are like 300 bucks i was not doing that i was not doing that at all but uh, it, it has bluetooth functionality but you can disable it and then plug in uh headphone wires so that's what I, I got. I can't even have the capability. If the capability is there and not hardwired, hardwired off, like a wire is snipped or something, I cannot well, you have can. it. You can open it up and just cut it. I mean, yeah, that's possible. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I had uh, I have a lot of things. to. Actually, I'm going to do announcements instead of what's going on in my week. Why we just know that I'm still 100 videos behind. And, uh, you know, so oh, nope, nope. Actually, I got to bring it up. If you go to legionmyth.tv, you're going to see that the website looks much different than before. And that wasn't my choosing because I don't like doing web design anymore. So uh, long story short, for whatever reason, I was told your plan no longer counts. You have to switch to this plan or this plan. Like, okay, I'll switch to this one. Two days. Seriously, two days after. I switched to that plan. Oh, that plan doesn't exist anymore. You either have to downgrade all the way back down to nothing or upgrade one more time because we're getting rid of that one. So, yeah, the web page now costs me about three times more than it did in years prior. Either that or I, I lose a whole ton of just basic functionality and there'll be eight million ads all over the place. I don't mind a couple of ads, but this would have just gone nuts. So, yeah, yay. Thanks for doing that. And then, oh, your theme no longer works with this... <laughs> So That's like, awesome. you know, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to spend my time doing all of this. <laughs> you know, so, but I, unfortunately I had to spend a couple of days fixing, uh, fixing all that up. It, it, it works now, but the good news is it is a little faster because uh, apparently there's some truth. The whole, do you want Supreme service? Well, I guess I'm getting the Supreme service now. And, uh, and there's a shop on there now, which with one product, my, uh, my module that I made like about a year and a half ago. I saw ago. that. Yeah. I saw so, that in the, in the discord. It's what, uh, what, what'd you price it at? $3.99? $3. Three Okay. I, I, I wanted it to be something that, that people might actually buy. It's not, see, that's the thing is, is that, you know, people, I'm not buying it now, but it's not like a full on campaign or whatever. It's a convention style adventure. Crafty's played it. It's a convention. It's something you do for three to four hours. It's like a side quest or, or I use it for teaching people how to play a game. Specifically in this version, it's Forbidden Lands, right? But right. I, I use it for teaching people how to play Earth Dawn. I use it to teach people how to play Hyperborea. I use it for teaching people how to play a game. And it's something I've run for many, many years. I just put it into a, a, a module format now. I added two things to the module to make it a little bit more interesting outside of what I'd normally do in my game. And there you go. That's it. It's a side quest or it's an introductory adventure. Right. If you're looking for something complex, I wasn't writing something complex. <laughs> Well, no. the, the whole purpose is you you buy it 
for three bucks and and you you have your you have the people at your table play it it will teach you the the basics of forbidden lands and if they like it yep well then they'll they'll want to play forbidden lands and bob's your uncle you know you now, now you can justify spending for a book yeah exactly that that's yeah. Is absolutely the point of it, and if yeah. people get that, I think it'll be—it's a good adventure, simplistic one, but a good adventure. It's got a couple of twists. Uh, if they don't, well, I have—I have a funny feeling I'm just going to get a bunch of this. This thing is like half of an adventure. It doesn't really have a real beginning or a real right. It's meant to sidetrack. Anyway, I'm waiting for those, but we'll see. That's why I priced it three bucks, and it's there, and it's also on Big Geek Emporium. If anybody wants to check out Big Geek Emporium, give Joe a little nice. bit of uh, uh, support over there. Uh, He's right now, unfortunately, even though he said he fixed it, I looked at it today and it still says that it's a dungeon world adventure. It's like, no, it's not a dungeon world adventure. What the hell? So maybe I can go in and fix it. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't have time to check it this morning. Anyway, so that's, uh, hold on. I've got like 8 million notes here. So let me cross that one off. You going to talk about the active hole in your body that's not supposed to be there? I might, yeah, um, I might get there. That, that's an orange, though, not blue. Oh, you can't see, oh. so, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but no, that was about the the webpage. So that's one of the things, if, if you're wondering, not that most of you care, but, you know, it just comes down to, if you're wondering, like, how is Max so far behind on everything? What, what he just does a couple of streams a week. Like, <laughs> I wish that's all I did. Uh, by the way, I did watch that video you sent me yesterday. I need to watch it again, though, because it either does something that I will never do, or I'm not exactly understanding what that's about. Okay, well, I, it, here, here, it's really quick. You make a, you make a short five, ten minute video. Mm -hmm. You, you, you premiere it a half hour before it goes live. Mm -hmm. The, the, the pre-recorded video goes off, talking about the next video that's coming up in another half hour. That, that's the important one, and you premiere it a half hour after that video ends. And what it does okay. is, is Got it. YouTube will, will, will give everyone that first premiere, and then. Because so many, because people, more people came to that premiere, they'll even put it out more for the next premiere, yeah. which is the video you really care about. Okay, so I, I misunderstood what was being said there when I was working on something else at the same time. But uh, I thought he was saying schedule a premiere and then don't play it. Like it's supposed to be scheduled for six o'clock or whatever. Then don't actually run it at six o'clock. Reschedule it for later. It's like I'm not going to reschedule. People are waiting for this. I'm not going to dick over the people no. who are watching. My okay, so I, I misunderstood yeah, it, that it, then. It, it, it's basically you're creating a trailer. Yeah. For the premiere you care about, but you're premiering both a half hour out. I gotcha. Okay. That that's not nearly as shady as what I thought it was. Yeah. I was like, I am not gonna hey uh Max uh, had this premiere. Why isn't it ever going off? Like these guys aren't gonna sit there for that. So. Um I don't know if you can see it behind me. I got a big box. You can barely see it. Whatever. No. Microphone's in the way. Big um, box of what? Ah shit. Big box of pulling off my ear right now. Stop wrapping around there. Um Okay. Okay, the big kind white box. I see yeah, it. big white box. A game that I ordered, uh, a tabletop board game that I ordered back in 2019 for wow. the Legion Myth Weekly live stream. <laughs> Finally got here. <laughs> uh, I ordered it in July of 2019. It's a game called Etherfields. You can look it up, E-T-H-E-R-F-I-E-L-D-S, just like the two words. You can look up the Kickstarter for it. Uh, I haven't decided how I'm going to unbox that. That thing is huge, by the way, and it is heavy. Uh, so I don't know how I'm going to unbox that. I don't think I'm going to do a normal unboxing video, mostly because that table is covered with nonsense right now. I'm thinking about doing it on the next members only stream. But okay. I want to know what you guys think about that in chat. So, yeah, uh, would not a dungeon? No, the the if you talk about the module, the module is a dungeon. Well, it's a cave system, but it is a dungeon. 
uh but uh that back there yeah uh again if anybody wants to look it up and see what uh, was all involved with that i didn't put the link up here uh, it's it's an old kickstarter now anyway but finally got it and i'm gonna see what it is it was pretty expensive uh, i i didn't order the top of the line i ordered everything that gave me all game products no art books or extra prints or Ice anything or yeah whatever. any of that but uh, and i think it was like oh, 100 yeah. 178 euro if i remember correctly so back in 2019 so about 400 euro in today money uh, yeah. but, uh, uh anyway uh what do you, you guys uh, let me know in chat? Let me know in Discord. Uh, if you want me to open up, I think that'd be a fun members only thing. I mean, I'll probably make that part of it open to the public later. Or should I do like try to do a real unboxing video? But that that box is huge, man. So, but I'm looking forward to opening that up. I don't really play board games. Like I said, I, I bought that because I wanted to expand out what we were doing on the Legion Myth Weekly live stream. And, you know, well, you guys were doing the live stream. I was going to just interject, you know, things here and there, like my you know, occasional comic book from Comicsgate, right? Uh, a board game, since we didn't really talk about board games, but there were people saying, man, you guys should talk about board games. All right, well, let's look at something that might be interesting. I got a whole crap ton of board games that, that no, so, some of them are, are, were, were slung by Will Wheaton, and I know, I know how you feel about Will Wheaton. No, but... As long as, you know, well, I, I look, I back season three of that show i i was I, I want my money back but that was also the season where he went nutty on the show so mm. i backed him going nutty because the first two seasons he just talked about dumb board games and i'm not a board game player but i know a lot of people who are and if i go over to somebody's house like hey let's just uh, shoot the shit over playing a board game all right you know that's fine um but anyway this one this game's epic uh, that's all i can say like if you guys look at it if you look it up ether fields uh you're gonna say holy crap like i, I don't know how intense this game is we'll find out though um guys have been noticing my how to create a character uh video series uh, that's been doing all right it's funny it's been doing all right with our subscribers it has not been doing all right with everybody else nobody's clicking on it i don't know if it's the keywords or nobody cares about the games or what it is but nobody's got a 1.1 percent click-through rate nice and subscriber click-through rate is pretty high not subscriber click-through rate is like hold on let me i gotta stretch this out so i can actually see if the bar mo graph moves at all uh so but uh, you can check those out um oh here's something that's been coming up a lot of people have given been giving me suggestions like hey can you cover this game can you cover that game oh I yeah i heard I, I saw that in nominee that's the that, that is that is the worst uh uh celestial angel type demon game that i've ever played in my life that is yeah. awful it I, I i had a friend paul in high school he's like he looked at the game and says i can break this immediately yes it is easy to break in character generation he broke the game right out of the gate right out of character well, generation and the, the, the different types of broke. angels don't get along with each other so no. you're not supposed to play everybody play an angel of the same type but you need to play an angel of the same <laughs> or or at least similar you know they're 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 like clicks or whatever but mm -hmm. you're 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 the uh the pool of angels you can play is small just because of the background of each yep of each uh you know class or circle or whatever of angel so yeah it, it was just a bad game mechanically and and uh storyline wise it's just it wasn't I mean, the lore game. itself wasn't bad if you're if you're into reading basically short stories but it is bad if you're trying to turn it into a game um but it, the, what i was trying to say though is that our list of like people keep suggesting games like hey cover this game cover that game when are you going to cover this other game 
I can tell you that I think that our list for 2023 is already filled up. There might be some wiggle room in there, depending, but I need to keep that wiggle room in there so that we actually get to our list. Uh, so I don't think, and if you don't know what the list is, I can put it out there, but it's uh, it's in the members only section somewhere on our Discord. So we have two upcoming shows that are going to be kind of special. Uh, the first one is on the 26th of September, Heath and Dog and I at 8 p.m. That's uh, Monday are going to be on Rolling Bones. So if you're not subscribed to Rolling Bones, uh, that's uh, Ryan Howard. Air, that's right. I'm calling him the heir, even though he's like the ninth cousin, 16th remove, fourth generation over, whatever uh, related to Ari Howard. But uh, no, he's, he's uh, got a pretty, pretty decent uh, gaming channel. Does a lot of interviews out there talking with uh, creators. And yeah, I, I guess creators is the right word for everybody. And uh, personalities within the tabletop mostly indie mostly osr uh, sphere and he's gonna have heathen dog and i on there in the 26th so look forward to that if you guys missed it ryan was on friday night chill stream a month ago three weeks ago something like that something like that. so good look for that one and then we are supposed to have i really have not announced this properly a single time but we're supposed to have sean owen robertson the heir apparent to uh kevin Simbita of palladium books here on rpg digest on the 9th of October, which is why Heathen Dog's like, hurry the F up, get done with this because I got stuff to talk about because I got to be done by the 9th of October. Exactly. We we got we, we to go through combat magic and psionics today. So we might not have a segment too. I'll be happy. No. Um, so after this stream, uh, the stream will automatically on the Twitch side, I think it's called uh, hosting on here. It's just called redirecting. If you stay to the end of the stream, it's going to dump you over to Victor Gorchev and his uh, The Dutch Oven show. That's unnerving, but okay. It is unnerving on both accounts, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, his, his show will be starting after uh, our show is done here, and this will port you right over to him, and you can just watch him, because everybody likes Victor. If you don't know who he is, he's uh, he co-hosts with, well, I shouldn't say co-host, he's a guest host on there with uh, The Basic Expert, so he's good people. Check him out. And these last two notes, I don't care to talk about. And I will talk about, I stepped on a freaking uh, screw yesterday. I've got a hole in my foot. It's great. I still finished mowing the grass. I did, I didn't tell Heathen Dog this before the stream. I passed out. <laughs> of course you did. I well, I don't normally, I don't normally pass out when it happens to me. That was the, <laughs> that was the messed up thing. So I stepped on a screw, had to rip my foot out. That was okay. That's a screw. I hopped, I hopped inside, looked at it. So, yep, that's a hole in my foot. <laughs> And uh, and started taking care of it. And while I was taking care of it, didn't didn't hurt that much. Just all of a sudden, I was like, "Boop!" What <laughs> the? Like, uh, uh, oh yeah, I got to clean my foot. And then I was fine after that. I think it was because I was dehydrated, but I don't know. Uh, no, because normally, no. no, no. When the whole medical stuff, I pass out when it happens to other people, not when it happens to me. Well, like, apparently that is no longer true. Is yeah, it? That might be that might be the case. No, I really do think that I was just dehydrated because I did not drink anything before I went out there to mow the grass. It's just like, oh. It's 400 degrees already, and it's like 8 o'clock. Let me just get out there and start mowing. But, yeah, I have not been drinking enough water recently. So that's it. That's all, that's all the uh, the messages and uh, bad GM advice is coming. That's going to be in segment two. Oh, that's, uh, I see what you're saying, because I said there might not be a segment two. We'll get to segment two today somehow, some way, because I have some questions for Heathen Dog. I want to see how bad of a GM he is. I'm super bad. You're they super bad. All right, let me let me go through proclivities here and then we will get started. Sound good? Sound good. All right. 
RPG Digest provides two segments of tabletop RPG overviews, fundamentals, opinions, and commentary. In segment one, we provide... Why am I telling you guys this? You know what the fuck it is. God, stop cursing. It's not Friday Night Chill Stream. I have to, I have, to have a quarter jar. Bad man. I know. No, no, it, no. It's, it's a heathen dog donation jar. Every time you swear, I get a dollar. I'm just not going to talk. never gonna say a word again in my life uh we want to thank all of you wonderful people who help us through donations tips membership super chats super thanks and tithes yes i don't know if crafty's posted it yet today but yep he did it's up there it's sunday have you tithed today have you have you tithed and of course we cannot ignore you crazy rascals who subscribe to legion myth and hang out with us in our chat during these live streams whether you're a chatter or a lurker we appreciate taking the time to be here with us i didn't make fun of you what what nobody so he- here made fun okay maybe people in chat but we didn't make fun of you i mean i, I thought it was funny i don't even remember that i do i do yeah oh. he, he he stepped on a screw so bad it went to his bone and they actually had to unscrew it from his bone oh yeah that, that i didn't i didn't go that deep or at least i missed most of the stuff it yeah, probably he went to the mostly fleshy part not the yeah. mostly bony part it probably moved my ligament to the side a little bit because i know where it is on my foot but anyway uh, yeah i i never made fun but i'll still take your five dollars thank you crafty the charity we support is the wounded warrior project a national nonpartisan organization whose mission it is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Wounded Warrior Project exists to raise awareness and to enlist the public's aid for the needs of injured service members, to help injured service members aid and assist each other, and to provide unique programs and services to meet the needs of wounded warriors free of charge. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your, I'm guessing, tax-deductible donation? I hope it's tax-deductible. Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I don't like to give financial advice because people get weird about that. If you have the 30-whatever-K, whatever it is, nonsense, then it's an actual charity. Uh, by the way, I do have two of these, so we're we're gonna break this down twice. Got it. <laughs> All right, for the first part of segment one today, we are going to talk about combat in Nightbane, and Heathen Dog is gonna regale this. And for those of you who are gonna say once again, "Oh my God, you do this every series," I why do you have to keep telling us about combat? It's because I don't know what videos you've watched. I'm making the assumption that you're just watching the Nightbane series because you're a huge fan of Nightbane. Yeah, and we have found out going through these read-throughs that while the Palladium combat system is, for the most part, consistent throughout all of the second edition products, there are some game-specific nuance yep. that sometimes we miss. Look below for our links, social media, Discord. Our Discord has been growing, has been hopping, has been great, so thank you to everybody there. We've got some merchandise and some charity, and of course, if you want to watch us on alternative media, you can check us out there. You know, we are getting to the end of the year, that charitable giving. It might be time to think about that, and we have a great charity that we support. And of course, there's our schedule. I don't have my little scripty or notes in front of me, so I'm just going to let you look at that. And uh, just know that the last Friday of every month, is there is no Friday night show stream. It is a members-only stream from now on after heathen dog leaves i'll hang out some more with uh, to talk with you members but uh, the last friday of the month is for members only we believe in this (laughs) 
That's all I'm going to say. Wow, that, that's great. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? Uh, and remember that we are a live stream podcast discussion, not a concise step-by-step tutorial. That is right. We are going to yap. I am going to sidetrack Heathen Dog. He's going to get angry about it, and we're going to have a good time. Yay. <laughs> Go share the screen. All right. Throw up that PDF, show us the cover, and then I, head I on know. over to page 61. Show you this creepy lady here. Creepy lady indeed. Page 61, you say? I say. Is, it, is it really 61? Well, it's PDF search 62. Uh, this says 61. Am I? They can even see it. It says 61 right there. Yes, but the actual PDF page is 60. The actual book page is 60. Okay. Sorry, the actual book pages. Well, PDF, book page, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No, no, we're, we're not doing modern weapon combat first. We're doing hand-to-hand oh. -hand combat first because it gives us all the step-by-step determined initiative. No, go down. Go down. Oh, there it is. There you go. See? PDF. There you go. All right. So zoom in on the hand-to-hand -hand combat, and wanna... we'll go step-by-step. -step. Oh, Jesus. Step-by-step. All, right. step. All right. Here we go. Okay, this is uh, this is based on Heroes Unlimited and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or now after the bomb, but now it's teen now it's not. It's just based off of Heroes Unlimited. So this is is almost a word for word for Heroes Unlimited. If if you want to go back and watch a Heroes Unlimited combat, you can do that because we're gonna have to speed a little bit through this one. That one was a little more in depth. Just telling you. All right. First, in every Palladium game, you have to determine initiative. How do you do that? Roll a D20. There it is. D20. And if you have initiative modifiers, which in Palladium are rare but significant, mm -hmm. going first, I, I've said this many times, it bears repeating every time. Going first is significant because you control the tempo of combat. Yes. And if you have any kind of martial arts training, you going first can decrease the number of actions your opponent has destroy their initiative making them go last taking away their movement locking them down forcing them to use works. dodges and parries yes it all works because you go first so initiative is important you roll a d20 highest goes first goes down the line you add any initiative modifiers you have either plus or minus because of you know minuses could be because of terrain or you can't see or hear or whatever. After all modifiers, highest goes first. Then the attacker rolls to strike. You roll a 20-sided dot. If the result is a four or less, counting bonuses. This is this is important. A lot of people, you I don't use this. I personally, if it's a natural one through four, you miss. Suck your suck on it. I, I, you know, what's funny is I always thought that's what the rule was because I didn't it, like, but I, I know, I know I what you're saying. I, I do the same rule as you. <laughs> yep. I knew it wasn't the rule, but I did it anyway. That's my homebrew. But for, for the actual game, if you roll a one through four with modifiers, you automatically miss no matter what. But if you roll a five or higher with modifiers, you hit. Now, if it's, if you're, if your opponent has armor on, it may not get through the your opponent's armor rating. That that is that is another thing that's going to happen during damage. We're going to worry about that later. But you roll the five or higher, you hit. Yay! So first of all, we rolled next? initiative. Hold on, let me let me roll my initiative. I got a, I got a whatever a splat. Oh, I got a one. Lovely. I go never. You go no. You go last. <laughs> I'll go tomorrow. All right. Now there are special maneuvers 
There are special maneuvers that you must declare be- before you roll to hit. Some of them are death blow, knockout, some- sometimes, whatever. Yep, good job. So you have to declare these before you roll. But if you don't have that option, you don't have that high martial arts or you don't have martial arts up to the proper level to get these these special attacks, then it doesn't matter. Now, you've attacked. Let's say you've hit. You rolled a what? Hopefully not a one. Oh, 16. You rolled that's, a 16. That's a hit. And we're, we're going to say, just, just for simplicity's sake, you have no modifiers either way. So it Sounds ends perfect. up being a 16. All right. It's, so it's a five or better, right? There you go. I you hit. hit. You did. Now the defender has to make choices. You may parry, dodge, or entangle. Here's the deal. Anytime an attacker rolls a successful hit, the defender can choose to parry, dodge, or entangle. Side note, personally, if the defender misses, I will allow, I'm sorry, if if the attacker misses, I will allow the defender to entangle anyway. If, if the defender wants to. Because entangling does give you benefits down the line. Parry is it, can isn't be gone- entangling an attack though? Also, isn't it both? It, it it does take an action, but it's not considered an attack because it doesn't inherently do damage. Well, no, I'm sorry. Okay, right. But I mean, it's it's an action. If you go by it's Kevin, if you go by Kevin's linguistics, you have to call it attack. <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. All right, parrying can be done automatically by anyone trained in any form of hand-to-hand combat. Now, this is hand-to-hand combat. If you are fighting someone hand-to-hand, they are also has have no weapon. You can parry, auto parry. That's nice. If they have a sword and you parry with your hand, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> it's not going to be great. But I'm I rolled a parry. 16. <laughs> I'm going to parry with my my forearm against well, his, you know. If you shredder. Well, that's <laughs> you. That's going to hurt. That That's that's called a hit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's <laughs> called a called shot that. without having to roll the call shot. Yeah, basically. Uh, that means the parry can be performed without wasting a melee attack. Now, this is if you have any kind of hand-to-hand combat. If you do not have any hand-to-hand combat, you do not get an automatic parry. You have right. to use an action to parry. So getting hand-to-hand even basic allows you the automatic parry hand-to-hand. And if you have a weapon proficiency and you have a weapon in your hand and they have a weapon, you can auto-parry with that weapon as well as long as you have the proficiency. Note, bullets and energy attacks cannot be parried, but can be dodged. Defending by dodging or entangling means automatically giving up the next melee attack, which means you give up your next deal. That's that's what happens. Entangle means the character actually pins or snares the opponent's weapon or arm. The defender can only defend against attacks within his line of vision. Attacks from the rear cannot be parried, dodged, or entangled. There are caveats to that. If you have special powers or abilities that allow you to, to uh, uh, defend from things from behind, uh, there is a possibility you could roll a Nightbane with an eye behind his head. That's entirely possible. And guess what? You you know attacks are coming from behind. You, you can dodge and or parry these. There you go. If you have an extra arm coming out your back, you could even entangle. <laughs> Whatever. A lot of this is is dependent upon the character you roll. But the You know, the I never even thought are- about that. Like, I, I'm thinking, no, you can't dodge this because you're not aware of these attacks. But you're right. With these little monster. Like- yeah. You have an extra eye. Well, I want my extra eye on the back of my head. Guess what? Yeah, now you can dodge attacks from behind. There you go. But normally, if you cannot see or sense an attack, you cannot dodge, parry, or entangle it. Baseline. So let's say 
let's say that I roll to parry. He Max punched me with a 16. I roll to parry and I fail. A failure is a 15 or less on my on my parry roll. Yep. Ties go to the defender. So I rolled a 15 or less. He successfully attacked. Crap, I'm screwed. Now he does damage. Let's see what happens. If a successful strike is not parried, dodged, or entangled successfully, and the attacker rolls the amount of damage inflicted and adds any damage bonuses, critical strikes do double damage. Critical strikes. That, that is in the hand-to-hand combat section that we're going to get to in a minute. Combined critical strikes like a natural 20 and jump attack do triple damage. That's the way multipliers work in Palladium. You don't add the multipliers together. Two plus two multiplier do not equal times four. Two plus two equals times three. Two plus two plus four times two plus times two plus times four times two plus times two equals times three. Times three plus times four equals. Oh, stream math. Sorry, is it what? <laughs> times five. You add one to the highest to the highest multiple. Oh, right, right. So when you're talking, when you're talking the elevation of criticals in in palladium. Yeah. Yes. You started talking math and I started zoning out. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> a natural unmodified 20 is always a critical strike. A normal punch inflicts 1d4 damage. Well, let's see. He rolled a 16. Obviously not critical. Right. Okay. And he didn't say he was doing a jump attack, so it doesn't do times 2 damage either. So he rolls a d4 to damage. And I, I got take... a... I, oh, I got a 4. No, I got 2. Sorry. Can't read my own dice. He does 2 damage plus whatever physical strength bonus he has if he has exceptional physical strength well wait a minute. what was i last week a uh, uh, necro uh, skeletal plastic oh, no, man no. most <laughs> most of your stuff wasn't in strength i mean you do you do have because you are nightbane but most of it was it was massive amounts of sdc and to be fair it's not relevant for what you're talking about exactly, here. No. <laughs> yeah. okay now he hit me all right two damage do i really want to take all of that two damage normally as a smart player i would not care two damage but let's say let's just say he rolled 20 damage because he has massive physical strength so he rolled a two and it gets he gets plus 18 i don't want to take 20 damage that sounds like a bad time so i may use an action to attempt to roll with punch if the attack is a blunt physical attack fist foot club staff etc and we've already said it is a fist in this case so it's, it applies. The defender may attempt to roll with the punch. In order to roll with the punch, the defender must match or better the attacker's roll to strike. I already failed that once trying to parry, so mm -hmm. let's hope I do well. Successfully rolling with a punch means the character takes half damage. Successfully rolling with a knockout punch means the character takes the double damage but is not unconscious or stunned. Rolling with a death punch results in loss of half of all of your SDC and hit points. But you well, don't die, which is good. It's better than not being dead. Failing to roll with punch means taking full damage off the defender's SDC and or hit points. The same rules apply for falls as well. So he rolled a 16. I tried to auto parry. I failed. So I have all my actions still. But I do not want to take 20 damage. That sounds like a bad time. So I'm going to try to roll a 16 or higher to roll with punch to take half damage. I did not. I rolled a 7. So I used an attack to try and mitigate the damage. I failed. I took 20. Now, again, going first is key. 
Max Liao went first. He hit me. I tried to parry, failed. I tried to roll with punch. Burning in action, failed. Now, not only did I take 20 damage, I'm down in action this melee round, just like him, and I haven't gotten, gotten to go yet. It's my action again. <laughs> and technically, it... I mean, if it's just no, me versus uh, you, roll, yeah. Rolling with punch do, does not does not take away your 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 does not re, uh, take away your next initiative okay. action. It just takes away the total of your actions. Uh, that's there fair. There is one in here that that's said differently. There is one if you try to entangle. I believe it was. Yeah, I, I've seen game masters run the whole action things different ways. Some say take all four actions right now. Uh, save them if you need them. Some say we're going to go in a circle jerk. Some say, you know, hey, take your action, your attack action, your defense action doesn't take away from your attack action. You know, I I've seen so, the people play it. It actually ways. says it right here. If you roll, if you scroll up a little bit under step three. Okay. Oops. Why am I scrolling the wrong screen? Okay. There's a note in step three. Dodging by defending by dodging or entangling means automatically giving up the next melee attack. Yeah, that again, means, most people I know just say that that means it takes up an attack. Unlike that, it takes up your next one. That means when it's your initiative, you lose it. You don't get to use an action during uh, that that's, initiative. That's 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 how I'm, how not, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Uh, yeah. All I'm pointing out there is that, and I've done this by reading the Palladium forums recently to get some uh, information that I needed. People actually run their combats completely differently. Where again, somebody might say, "Okay, you have four attacks. Take however many attacks you want. All right now." Because you're not going to get in. We're not coming back around to you. But save anything you feel you might need for, for defense. And I'm over. I'm overstating this, but that's how they run it. Some people say, "Okay, your attack, your attack, your attack, your attack, your attack." Okay, next, your attack, your attack, and then, oh, you're you've got four, you're done. Who's got five attacks? You got five attacks. You go. You know, things like that. They're different ways. That's I how I do. That's how I do it. By the way, um, okay. I understand. But uh, dodging or entangling specifically states that you give up your next melee attack. But rolling with punch fall does not specifically state that. Sure. You give up an action, not necessarily your next one. So out of your total, you lose one. I agree. Now, uh, in the in the chat, Kill Raven. I've already started. You actually start it. And this is good to put up. Most of the time, rolling with impact just puts you in a hole action-wise. Yeah. Yes. But if you are going to take catastrophic damage, it is worth burning an action to take half. That's why two... He rolled two. If it's just two damage, I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting an action trying to roll with that. I mean, it, it's 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 the same hit as a very determined 12-year-old. All right, I'll take that. But if it's 20, 30, 40, I'm gonna want to half that. I'll I'll burn I'll burn an action to do it. Or at least to try to. Yeah, at least try to. All right. So then we have continuing the combat. Once the above is completed, the process is, is, is repeated for whoever lost the initiative. The next person in the initiative order gets to go. So long as the opponents have melee attacks left, the combat continues back and forth. When all the attacks or actions per melee round of all opponents are finished, it's time to start a new round. Initiative is redetermined at the beginning of every round. Not every attack. Uh, sorry? Not every attack. No, not every attack. The beginning of every round initiative is redetermined. 
So if you went like, like Max, he, he would roll a one. He gets to roll again after everyone completes all of their actions. And maybe he doesn't roll a one again, but knowing his luck, he probably will. It's these Hyperborean dice, man. <laughs> there you go. If the character has four attacks per melee, when all attacks are used, a new melee round begins. Okay. Then we have combat terms. Armor rating. Armor rating, there are two different kinds of armor. Natural armor e any, and equipment armor. Natural armor and equipment armor work differently damage-wise, but work exactly the same as to the armor rating. Here's the deal. Let's say you have an armor rating of 13. If you roll with, if an attacker rolls with bonuses, a 13 or less, remember, defender wins ties, mm -hmm. the armor will absorb the damage. If the attacker rolls a 14 or higher, it bypasses the armor and you take damage. Now, the difference between equipment armor and natural armor are this. Natural armor, if the armor is not defeated, the armor absorbs the damage and it's rendered zero. You to, to actually do damage to someone with a natural armor rating, you must beat the armor rating and then they start taking damage. <laughs> equipment armor is different. Say a bulletproof vest. A bulletproof vest, let's just say, I think it's an AR of 11. So let, let, let's say that you roll a 10 to attack a person with an AR of 11 wearing a bulletproof vest. You did not defeat the armor rating, but damage is still done, but it's done to the bulletproof vest, not to the person. When the bulletproof vest SDC is reduced to zero, it is destroyed. Not only can it now no longer absorb damage, but now you no longer have an armor rating. But with natural armor, if the armor is beaten, the person takes damage. If the armor is not beaten, the person takes no damage and the armor is not affected. That's the difference between natural and equipment armor. And then we go, we have a damage to a basic damage table. This is if you don't have martial arts or special maneuvers that give you bonuses to kicks and punches because you, you know, you know how to twist your fist and have the right stance and move your hips and do blah, 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 whatever. 1d4 for a human fist attack. Human kick is 1d6 or 1d8. Uh, a, a blackjack, which is like a, uh, like a sap, basically. That's or a, or, a, a, club. or a, a sock full of quarters, whatever. One one d six a bull whip which is weird one d eight small thrown objects like rocks one d four falling one d six per ten feet uh, there is a maximum to that it's, it's terminal velocity there uh, when when a human body is falling after after they reach a certain amount of feet of free fall they no longer get faster so you would cap the damage at that but it's pretty it's pretty significant so you're probably still going to get hurt really bad. And then we have all these other things, all these other examples. Then we have the 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 special maneuver of a death blow, an automatic kill. Now, so death that's blow is different. different. That's much it, different. It, yeah, it's much different. Uh, d death blow is is a special attack. You either get uh, as you advance in uh, in your hand to hand combat training, or maybe a special ability be because of a nightbane power, whatever. But if you hit with a death blow, it is an automatic kill. The only way to not die from it is to roll with that punch. This is, again, where roll with punch is important. 
It's useful. It's worth burning an action to just not instantly die. Sure, you'll lose half your SDC and half your hit points, but that's much better than just being dead. Yeah, that, that's why when I saw that rule a little bit ago about uh, the roll punch fall where it does half SDC, half hit points, it's like WTF on that one because normally in Palladium games, death blow is just direct to hit points damage. It bypasses SDC. This kills you. It's just a kill. You just <laughs> yeah. die. Yes. No, no, you're absolutely right. In in Heroes Unlimited, in, in Palladium Fantasy, and after the bomb, I believe after the bomb, a, a death blow would bypass your SDC and go straight to hit points and maybe even do double damage to hit points. But you still got a chance to not automatically die. But in Nightbane, no, you just die. It's no joke. And if you have no actions to try roll with punch fall, you just play new character. So do martial Sorry. arts still get this at level seven? We will find out. <laughs> Hand-to-hand -hand combat, fighting skills that provide the characters with attacks per melee bonuses and techniques. This is the death blow, jump kick, backward kick, flip kick, whatever. All the all the special attack moves you get through your hand-to-hand -hand, uh, combat skills, and you get more of them as you advance in level. Hit points. That is obviously your normally it's your it's your pe plus a d6 per level and when you reach zero you go into a coma and start dying initiative we already talked about that uh kick attack knockout stun jump kick again these are specialty things that you will get as long as you have some kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat skill as you level up you will get more and more of these special attacks Jump kick is performed by leaping completely off the ground and attempting to land feet first on an opponent. This is Kirk's number two move. Captain <laughs> Kirk's number two move is a double is a is a double foot jump kick. His number one move is the neck karate chop. That, that that's his jam. Well, you that's don't don't forget. Does. I thought number one was the two fisted. Oh, two two fisted downward on onto the clavicle trying to break it. Yeah, yeah. That that could that could be one of them. Okay, he's got three moves. Then. Uh, okay, jump kick can be used only by those skilled in the hand-to-hand -hand martial arts. So you only get this if you have hand-to-hand -hand martial arts. The advantage of a jump kick is that it works as a critical strike and doubles the normal damage inflicted. The disadvantage is that no other attacks may be performed that round. Wow, that's a, the that's a change. Must be the character's first attack in the round and only attack in that round. For the rest of the round, you may only parry, dodge, or move into position. Now, in many other Palladium games, power punches and jump kicks burn two actions instead mm -hmm. of one, but you can still attack later. But no, this is true Kirk style. You do the jump kick, double-footed jump kick, and then you hit the ground. And you spend, and you have to, you, you can't attack anymore because you got to get up. You can explain it that way. But you can, you only use one action, but you forego all of your attacks the rest of that round. You can still dodge, dip, dive, dodge, whatever, but you cannot attack. Leap attack. This is the Kia, you know, <laughs> jump in the air, you know, Van Damme type stuff. A leap attack must be made only at the beginning of a melee round and like a jump kick uses up all attacks for that melee. Usually, only a single strike can be made during a leap attack. However, if two opponents are close together, the attacker can leap between them and strike both of them at the same time. That is super Van Dam action. Double, like like you you jump in the air and then you kick out with both, with with both legs, right and left, hitting two people at once. This can be done, and it looks pretty cool. But 
you got to stretch because you could easily, uh, you know, tear your scrotum. If you try it in real life, don't try it in real life. Uh, let's see. Uh, after the leap, the character may not attack again until the next melee round, but can parry or dodge or move into a different position. Automatic parries work in mid leap, but dodges are impossible. This is while you're in the air. You cannot dodge. You know why? Because you're not magic and you can't jump off of air. All right. You can't change your trajectory. Wait, I can't just. No, I'm sorry. You can't do that. Oh. A successful leap attack is critical strike that does double damage. Okay. Now, the what, what jump kick and leap attack seem like the same thing. They are, but jump kick you only have if you have hand-to-hand martial arts. A leap a leap attack you can get with other forms of hand-to-hand combat, but at later levels. You will get a leap attack just at what level depending on what level of hand-to-hand combat you get. Long range attack. By using a long range weapon from a distance, an attacker can perform an undetected first strike. Provided the attacker is not seen, the defender automatically loses initiative and may not dodge the first attack. This is your basic sniper nonsense. It's a surprise right? attack. It's a surprise attack. That's basically what it is. If you are 200 yards away, hidden in a tree or a bell tower or whatever, and you got a rifle with a scope, you get to go first because he doesn't know you're there. And he doesn't get to dodge because he can't doesn't know the bullet's coming. Now, there are mitigating things for this. If you have special powers like Sixth Sense or you have an eye in the back of your head. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, you, because <laughs> if you have, if someone is, is attacking you from 200 yards away and you have an eye in the back of your head, they're attacking you from behind, the muzzle flash goes faster than the bullet. You may be able to dodge that bullet. It's up to the GM. Uh, a, a melee or melee round, both terms are interchangeable is exactly 15 seconds that means everyone's actions happen in that 15 seconds whether you have two actions or 20 it happens in that 15 seconds wait, the wait, more wait. actions you have means the faster you do things in the 15 seconds allotted is nightbane different with the amount of attacks you have per round generally, uh, generally playing, playing char- characters have two or more attacks per melee if or you more, have okay, look yeah. at it, it's based off of heroes unlimited remember in heroes unlimited you're born with two actions per round for some reason i i missed the or more (laughs) okay yeah yeah you are born with two actions per round even if you don't have any hand-to-hand combat training you have two but with hand-to-hand combat training you get more uh multiple attackers you may you may face more than one attacker uh the defender for multiple attackers can strike only at one target at a time uh leap attack with the whole van dam kicking right and left at the same time is the exception natural 20 will always be a critical strike. If someone with a strike bonus of plus two rolls an 18, it's an 18 plus two, not a natural 20. It's an unnatural 20, doesn't count. A natural 20 beats all of the rolls and can only be dodged or parried or or I'm going to say entangled with another natural 20. So basically don't even try. They got a natural 20. They deserve to beat you in the face. Paired weapons, we don't need to go into that. Uh, parry that, uh, this is, uh, to parry most physical attacks is done by blocking the character's blow with a weapon or hand, depending on if they have a weapon characters training hand hand combat can parry without losing any actions. Bullets and energy attacks cannot be parried. Uh, this I think is a bit of, of a mistake because you can parry a bullet or energy blast with a shield. An, an arrow, a bullet, an energy blast. I think you can do it with a shield, but 
it, it's not it's never automatic and it's always at no no bonus or 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 whatever it's just a natural might role. be under shield down here because i seem to remember reading what you're saying yeah. not in this we, we game but not later pull punch never use this <laughs> never use it. and you have to roll 11 or higher to get that's the yeah. thing that don't even worry about it if if you hit someone th think think of think of combat and palladium like like pulling the trigger of a gun all right if you didn't want to kill them you wouldn't have shot them if you didn't want to hurt them badly you wouldn't have punched them you don't punch someone to teach them a lesson you punch someone to to beat them up all right so don't you ever use pull punch it's stupid saving throws these are your saving throws versus versus the various things magic 12 or better magic ritual 16 or better poison 14 non-lethal poison 16 harmful drugs 15 acid no save you don't save versus acid you just get out of the way you got to get out of the way it's it's like r kelly peeing on you you, you don't want to get acid on you, you move out of the way <laughs> insanity 12 or better psionics 15 or better for non-psionics 10 or better for psionics now this this diverts a little bit from a lot of other palladium games yeah. where they had three levels 15 12, 12 yeah. and 10 15 for a normal 12 for a minor psychic and 10 for a major psychic here it's 15 for normals 10 for psychics and that's it but generally SPP, speaking get, yeah. get uh, just if, know this chart because this is a chart that uh, a lot of people have a hard time finding when they need it during the game right in your character sheet know the yep. chart have these numbers because it is not where the hell you'd think it would be no, when you're trying to play the game it is the <laughs> the the biggest weakness of of palladium books is it's is its structure biggest weakness SDC table. This is the this is the average SDC for things in the world. All right. And we look through it. Airplane, single engine, 400 SDC. Now, th this doesn't mean it disintegrates when when uh, a uh, an airplane, for example, no, no, a cargo freighter, cargo freighter, 8000 SDC. If it takes 8000 SDC damage, it doesn't mean it blows up. It means what? it is no it is no longer functional. It is taking on water. It is going to sink in minutes. It can't do anything anymore. Same thing for a car or a door. Once all of its SDC is gone, it is no longer functional as the thing. That means if you do 150 damage to a door, the door is no longer a door. It's just it might, it might still hanging physically... on some hinges. Yeah, it might the, the the metal might still exist there, the wood or whatever type of door it is. But yeah, it's falling well, off the hinges, open. or or you can walk right through it. You know, it's just a frame, whatever. You know. Uh, says, if it takes eight thousand SDC, I would make it blow up. If it was an oil tanker, maybe, maybe. But usually, it just means that it now had it is now structurally unsound. It can no longer move, attack, do any actions. It lost power and it is sinking. All right, now. But a lot of people have this problem with doors, walls, when it comes to bullets. I'm going to shoot with my AK-47 through that door. Mm -hmm. Okay. You shoot the door. You do 20 damage to the door. It is still a door. It's got mm -hmm. holes in it, but it's still functionally a door. You still can't open it if it's locked. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got holes in it. You, you might be able to see through it. Yeah, there but, there are things you can do differently now because you have yeah. shot, but opening it is not one of them. Opening is not one well, of them. Well, let me, let me let me fix that. 
You still have to walk up to it and open it if that's right. your point. You know Exactly. It's still functional as a door. So all of these things are still functional as what they are as long as they have even one SDC. Handcuffs. One SDC handcuffs is just as effective at keeping your hands cuffed as a full, fully repaired and functional shiny pair of handcuffs. Exactly. Just as good. All right. We're going to move on from that now. Good. All right. Simultaneous attack. Instead of defending with a parry, dodge, or entangle, a character can choose to do a simultaneous attack. In this case, the character does not defend, go ahead, hit me, I can take it, and simply attacks in response. The advantage of a simultaneous attack is that neither opponent can parry, dodge, or entangle. In all probability, both will take damage. Exception. An opponent with paired weapons can engage in simultaneous attack and parry, or both the paired weapons can be used to strike with no parry. Here's the thing. Have you ever done this? I have done this, but oh, I've okay. only done it with characters I know are tankier than the guy that I'm fighting. Like, say, you have a strength of 12, and you have 100 SDC. I have a strength of 22, and I have 220 SDC. I will elect to simultaneously attack because I'm Mike Tyson, your glass Joe. I'm going to make it through this. You're not. You cannot dodge my attack. I cannot dodge yours. I guarantee you I'm going to mess you up with my attack and your attack is going to be a laughable piece of nonsense. I, I have never used simultaneous attack that I know of anyway uh, yeah. as a game master or as a player. Against against jabronis or whatever, this, this is a really good deal because you don't have to waste time pairing or dodging be, because you know they're, they're, they're ineffectual children compared to you. and. <laughs> You're just gonna you're just gonna destroy them. Sneak attack. This is you lie and wait and ambush. It's 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 the same same thing as the sniper attack. Uh, if if they don't sense your presence, you can get surprised, which means they don't get initiative, and they're not able to parry or dodge your initial attack because they didn't know it was coming. Throw simply this means throwing a weapon. Rolling a throw is exactly the same as rolling to strike, except there are different bonuses per weapon type. If you have a weapon proficiency in, say, throwing knives, you're going to get bonuses to hit when you throw throwing knives. Throwing rifles. I don't think that's a thing. Oh. <laughs> now, here's the thing with weapon proficiencies. You can use any type of weapon you want. Everyone knows how to pull a trigger. All right. Everyone's seen movies. You know how to how to uh, put a round in a chamber or cock back a hammer. As long as the weapon is, you know, loaded, you can pull a trigger and make a bullet come out. But you get no combat bonuses unless you have the weapon proficiency. Right. None. Straight D20 roll because you suck and and you can't even take some of the uh use some of the styles of firing yes oh yeah you you can't take an aim shot you can't take a called shot you can just pull the trigger and hope for the best uh, let's hit some of this chat before we move into the next okay let's do it all right who do i have here stop sharing that for just a moment all right let's go all the way back to the beginning i have charlotte williams with our attack and action being used interchangeably or are they separate things okay now uh according to max I've got the official answer. <laughs> Kevin and, and and according to the forums, attack and action mean the same thing. For me, I don't read it that way in this book. In this book, attack and action are different. An attack is something you use an action for. But so, 
it doesn't mean the same thing. In Kevin's style guide on how to write for Palladium books, <laughs> where you have you must use uh, dots in between acronyms, like that's why you always say a dot r, not a r for armor rating and things like that. What fonts you're allowed to use? It's you must use the word attack. Action is not even allowed as a word. You can say attack action, but you have to use the word attack. Now I don't know if he still follows that, if he still enforces that, but that is per his own exact style guide on how to write for Palladium books. Well, in, everything in this is book, considered I have an seen attack. Attack and action. I've seen attack action, but I haven't seen action yet that I remember. But I mean, okay, I might be wrong. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look it up. up. I mean, I might be wrong. Like some. So you know what? You people who watch this later. And like, I saw it say, go ahead. And if you go saw it right say that, go ahead. Yeah, put it in the comments. All right, we're going to move on to the next. Uh, Death Blow is one of those things that changes from system to system. Okay. Yes, yes. Like, 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 like we said at the beginning of this whole thing, there are nuances for each game. Even though general Palladium combat is the same, there are nuances per game. And this is one of those nuances. Where in here, a Death Blow is just death. So Nerdy Ogre asks, if the big bad at the end uses a death blow should the gm tell the player he's using a death blow uh so yes you have to you have to be because you 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 have to you have to tell him that it is a death blow because then that that will that will uh uh greatly incentivize him to use a roll with punch and oh surprise that was a death blow no player's gonna like that you're you're gonna piss him off you're 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 gonna you're gonna anger him for no reason. I don't know if I wanted, agree with that. Him to die. I might agree with that. I don't know. It it mm. uh, if, even if you technically don't have to, you always should because you're just you're just gonna cause all your players to get to get pissy and angry. Well, they can be pissy and angry, but uh... no, because you do that enough, they're just gonna stop playing. Well, if they and stop playing you... over nonsense like that, that's on them. No, uh, no, I mean. If, you know the, the 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 main bad guy has all these actions per round. He's calling death blow on each one. But no, I, no, I, no I, what, what I guess what I'm looking. At, I'm not saying that there's never a point. There's never a time for it. And I'm not going to parse this like when exactly you should, when exactly you shouldn't. But especially when it comes to the first time the big bad at the end does it, I don't think I'm going to be like, all right, I'm declaring a death blow on you. I think I'm going to just okay. describe it differently. And then after that, probably, I I can counter that with the player must declare a death blow. I'm not a player. I'm a dungeon master or a game master. No, I don't have no, to declare no. shit. An NPC is a player character, just a no. non-player character. So they must also, by the rules, declare a death blow. Nope. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not accepting that According one. According no. to the rules in the book, that no. makes sense. Hey, I, gen generally want. speaking, I think that, that it should be declared. Let's just put it yeah, that way. But I don't think that it should always want have to be declared. A plain reading of, of, of the text states death blows must be declared what's good for the goose is good for the gander if a player has to do it so does the npc i don't all declare right. all my stuff <laughs> as a good anyway uh, jump kick is a death blow when i do it lol okay well yeah if you do enough damage to kill them and then it's considered a death blow that you didn't have to declare <laughs> that's fine but chuck norris you can't dodge in midair you don't know who that's i am <laughs> i know you're not chuck norris Chuck Norris could take whatever form he wants. Yes, but he wouldn't want to take yours. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> uh, Shadow and Sun says, after the first successful death blow, the rest of the party should know what it looks like. Oh, see, I don't see it as a Hadouken or like some sort of, what is it? What is that? Uh, uh, sure you can, you know, I don't see it as a specific, necessarily a specific punch. I guess it could be. 
Um, I mean, this well, kind of goes back to what Heathen Dog was saying. I guess for most the most death blows are due to martial arts training, so it's going to have a specific look and form. Uh, again, I've, I've I've learned so many different ways to punch in martial arts that could, that if you want to put it, death. I'm also not a super heroic creature. Name people who do instant death. Even boxers don't even do instant death when they punch somebody, unless you're Ray Boom Boom Mancini against that Korean guy back in the eighties. Um, so, I, again, I, it's not one of those things. I, I have a problem with absolutes. That's really my problem with this. Is I think for the most part, I think that would be a cool factor. Yes. Absolutely. To have that sure you can, oh, you see him bearing down again. He's going to lean up and he's going to uppercut you, you know, or something like that. Absolutely. It's the whole thing should know what it looks like and be prepared for it. It might not be the same attack every time. But there's probably a tell. He leans back further or something like that. I mean, his hands glow black. I mean, if you want it to be that. Uh, I just have a, I have a problem with absolutes. Okay, moving on. Uh, so it can take 79 MDC and still work. I don't think anything can take MDC in this game, but um, yeah, that's this, a... this is an SDC game. So that's a 790 SDC and even Max's character who he rolled with like minimum 220 SDC is going to die horribly. I roll, I roll, <laughs> I roll punch ball. No, um, but, I, but the point is, yeah, even if, if it's got 80 MDC, SDC, uh, if and you matter. do some, death 79? Kills you. Oh, that's true. Blow instantly well, kills you in this game. Like this was this was about the SDC. You were talking about the the boats and and the handcuffs taken. Yeah, if it has one SDC left, it still functions. It's still functional as what it is. A handcuff is still is still cuffing you. A door is still locked, and the the uh, cargo ship is still steaming along. I think there's a good comment I want to put up here. This is the last one, but there's one more I want to put up. Uh, I'd probably right. say a ship would be taken on water once it's past 50 SDC, maybe less. If yeah, it's just not, it's just not sinking. Like, oh yeah, my it, God, it you're it all gonna not, die. It's not non-functional. It'll still yep. work as a boat. Yep. The, 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 the these cargo ships have bilge pumps. They got, yep. they, they can make little water lines. They they can keep themselves afloat and still moving. Lock off areas, you know. Yes, you can. It is still a functional boat. Until it reaches zero SDC and then it's Oops. sinking. It's I, I like working. this right here. My experience, the game is better off with not using Deathblow rules at all. I can see that. I agree. I agree. But we are we are presenting the rules as written uh -oh. as much as we can. You already got your first suggestion for the character class that you're supposed to make. Sorcerer OCC. I am not. No. I, I, I tell you right now, I'm going to make a straight Nightbane. I'm not going to make a Nightbane Mystic, a Nightbane oh. Sorcerer. I'm not going to make a Human Sorcerer or a Human Mystic. I'm going to make a straight Nightbane because that's what I want you to create first. Night, uh, Nightbane with OCCs, either Mystic or Sorcerer, have too many caveats and addendums to their natural Nightbane powers. And I don't want to do that as an example character. As an example character, I want the base PC character, which is Nightbane. That's what I'm going to do. This has to go on the screen, and then we'll go into <laughs> <laughs> on Max's side this time. And you know, I hate agreeing with Max. That's true. Okay, that's fair. If if, if this is about the not having to to declare a death blow, I'm going to say you're both wrong. But the the, the whole thing is comes down to different strokes for different folks. As he the dog was reading off the rules of the game, I was I wasn't trying to counter him, but I was explaining that even on the Palladium forums and discords, I've read a lot, not just one guy, a lot of people saying that they run combat. You take all four actions right now or take however many actions you plan on attacking with right now and save the rest for when we come around to you. And that's it. That blows my mind. 
I didn't realize that, but there are a lot of people who play that methodology. That's not in the book, but it's just something to think about. Yep. All right, let me share right. the screen again. Now we are at the hand-to-hand -hand skills. These Don't these forget you have magic and psionics to go through. <laughs> yeah, we I know the hand-to-hand the, the -hand techniques that uh that you 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 can get to increase the kinds of attacks you can get, the number of actions you number of attack actions you can take per round and bonuses to parry, dodge, strike, whatever. So hand-to-hand -hand basic. This is the easiest. It costs one one skill, uh, other skill or secondary skill or whatever, depending on what system you're using. And you can have hand-to-hand -hand basic. This is your this is your uh, strip mall karate training. Hold on a second. You see, here we go again. Two attacks per melee. Is this plus two attacks per melee, or am I starting right now with hand-to-hand -hand basic? It's plus two. In because because the combat is based on Heroes Unlimited, you start with two. You get hand to hand. I basic, want this book to say it though. More. I agree. It I, I believe you are right. More plus two, whatever. You're right. It should, <laughs> but it doesn't. But that's what it means. You know how many the arguments this starts <laughs> is because it's said in the very first paragraph. It is based off of Heroes Unlimited, and that's okay. how Heroes Unlimited works. Okay. Just you know how many fights this starts. <laughs> it, okay. Not on my table because I have the answer. <laughs> oh, right. All I right. mean, well, so, you're also the game master. Your rules. There you go. Two attacks per minute. So you, now you have a total of four. Plus two to roll with punch, fall, or impact. Not a whole lot on, on level on level one, but this, this is, you know, strip mall karate. You're not going to get a whole lot. When you hit level two, you get a plus two parry and dodge. Level three, your kick, attack, your kick attack because you practiced it. Now it does 1d6. Good for you. And on level four, one additional attack per melee plus five, one to strike. It goes on and on. Well, one thing about hand-to-hand -hand basic across like all the games that I've seen so far, it's the one that will not give you any special attacks. You're going to get these bonuses. You're going to get the extra attacks. Per, and I guess this one, you actually get the, the yeah, body flip throw. Starting at level eight, you, you, get a, you get a special attack. You get another one at level 13. Uh, well, this is, well, according to the, the, the pedanticness of the game, this isn't a special attack. This is just... But you don't get it unless you have when you have level 13 hand and basic. So I'm, I'm going to consider it special. Okay. But uh, level six, you get a critical strike on an unmodified roll of 19 mm. or 20, yep. not just 20, 19 or 20. And number eight is the most important, the most important, especially if you have initiative. A judo style body throw flip does 1d6 damage and victim loses initiative and one attack per melee. This is incredible. In Palladium, these special moves are the most important. Not only did you burn one of their attacks away, you they lose initiative, which means they go last. I rolled a one. Sorry, this guy lost initiative. He's considered to have initiative zero. He goes last. This will change the tempo of an entire melee round. Very important. Mm -hmm. Use your specialized attacks that do this function. But it doesn't do any damage. Doesn't matter. Everyone else is going to kick him while he's down. Right? <laughs> All right. Hand-to-hand -hand expert. Again, four attacks per round. Plus two to roll, punch, fall, impact. Nothing really different at level one than basic. But as you go up in levels, the differences start to become apparent plus three to parry and dodge at level two instead of plus two for basic plus two to strike at level three instead of a goofy kick attack <laughs> you get another attack at level four and you start getting special stuff critical strike on an unmodified at 18, 18. 19 or 20 it's a 15 percent chance a 15 percent chance to do a critical strike that you do not have to declare double damage 
on an unmodified 18920. That is huge. Seven, you get paired weapons. That, that's huge. At level eight, still level eight, you get the judo flip. And at level 11, you get a knockout stun on an unmodified 18, 19, or 20, which means, check this shit out, which means on an unmodified 18, 19, or 20, if they don't dodge, parry, or entangle that, not only do you do double damage, but it's also a knockout or stun. Because I like you don't stun. Have to declare I mean, either one of these things. Knockout is obviously cool, but I like stun a lot. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And then at 13, you get a critical strike from behind. It does triple damage. Now, it didn't say triple damage before, but I'm going to say that that a, a critical strike from behind does does triple damage also with basic. I, I just think it it was, a, a again, your, 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 your palladium typo error. You don't think that was just a bonus of being expert versus being basic? I, it, I don't think so. Because everything else is exactly the same. What? Why would this be so special? I don't understand that. But at level 15, an expert, you get a death blow on a natural roll of 20. This this is special because this is a non-declared thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, hang on. A death right, blow na- on natural, a natural 20, 20. Yep. Yep. Don't have to declare. Because a declared death blow is just a successful hit after declaring a death blow. This is an automatic death blow on a natural 20. Uh, this character can't declare a death blow then. Yeah. Hand-hand expert can't declare a death blow. No, no. You, uh, let's look at martial arts. Well, I'm just saying hand-hand expert. Yeah. Let's look at martial arts. It's it's below. Hand-hand martial arts. Again, two attacks per round. That totals a total of four. Plus two equals four. Plus three to pull pull punch. Never do that. And, and uh, uh, fall or impact. Fine. Level two. You get plus three to pair and dodge and plus two to strike. Karate style kick does D8 damage. This is this is not your, your strip mall karate. No, no, no. This is a, an actual person actually training you. An additional attack, jump kick is a critical strike and entangle. You, you, have, you, you now have the entangle option. Critical strike on unmodified 18, 19, or 20. Paired weapons. Leap attack, which is a critical strike. An additional attack. You don't get the judo flip until, until level 10. But you get plus four to damage at 11, plus two to parry and dodge at 12, a knockout stun on 18, 19, or 20, an additional attack, and then another death blow on a natural, on a roll of natural 20. But then we have hand to hand assassin, which isn't in a whole lot of games. Sometimes they don't have assassin, this one they do. The special thing about assassin, when it does exist in Palladium games, they don't start off with more actions per round. Because you are meant to strike from the shadows. You're meant to not have to worry about initiative. You're meant to do a a ton of damage in the first attack to make sure that the guy just dies. Because you're an assassin. Long drawn out combats are not for you. So So once once again, I'm looking at this and I see two attacks per melee. I'm not seeing plus two attacks per melee. I'm seeing two attacks per melee. I know. I know. Let it go. Don't it's worry, I'm gonna I'm going to correct you in a moment. So just keep going. <laughs> it's based on Heroes Unlimited, where you start off with two, and a hand to hand gives you an extra two. I'm going to so, correct you in a moment, but we'll finish this. Okay, fine. Plus two to strike at first level. Plus two attacks per melee at level two. Plus three pull punch. Plus four da, 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 additional attack. Plus your pair dodge. You get an entangle at six. A knockout stun on an unmodified seventeen to wow. twenty. Not eighteen to twenty. Seventeen That's to twenty percent chance. That is crazy. 
critical strike on an unmodified 19 or 20 death blow you get that at level 12 for assassin instead of level 15 for everybody else well except for you except for your strip mall basic guy <laughs> and then additional attack and plus two damage plus two strike Note on hand-to-hand assassin. This is taught to characters trained by secret organizations, CIA, mafia, whatever. This is a specialized science of killing. It includes learning automatic parry, pull punch, roll with punch, fall, kick attack, D6 damage, knockout stun, critical strike, and death blow. So you are taught death blow. You don't get it automatically until 12, but you're able to declare a death blow just by having hand-to-hand assassin. This is where you have you have the ability to declare it because you get it. Nobody else gets death blow until they hit the right level. You get it at level one. You can declare a death blow at level one. Now, this is written so differently than the other ones because the ones that I've been researching through, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to post something here uh, in a second, but uh, like the stuff down here doesn't mean you get it at level one. It does here, it seems, but in the other here. ones, yeah. in the other ones, this is telling you what you will get as you will level up. And so, yeah. reading this for me is a little difficult because of that. But because of chat, but, I now know. I now know why. And and here we go. go can you go to okay. page sixty-two in your book, please? Stand by. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some comments here. By the way, I did not know this. Chat chat pointed this out. So okay. violence solves everything. In, in in all uh, capital letters says this is based off Heroes Unlimited first edition because second edition wasn't out yet. Well, then not done yet. L says, so jump kick with triple damage gets bonus attacks for hand-to-hand also. So I thought I don't that was... understand the question. So jump kick with triple damage gets bonus attacks. That, that jump kick takes up two jumps kick takes up two attacks. Now, this next one here. Uh yeah, go ahead and ask that again, Elsa. Maybe we can answer that uh correctly. Yeah. Correct. Uh, word, word, word that differently, because we don't understand the question. Yeah. This next one, and and I'm not putting it on the screen yet. Um, answers actually a ton of questions that I've had coming up in idiosyncrasies up until this point. Okay. So Violence Solves Everything says, look at hand-to-hand combat on page 62. If you read it, you will see you only get one action with no combat skills, so hand-to-hand basic expert martial art only get two total. Characters without training only have one attack per melee round and no automatic chance to parry. Okay, one. All right, you're, you're born with one. Okay. So, but, but, but couple things here couple caveats this isn't heathen dog being an idiot this is the fact that this is based on first edition and we've been and going through a whole ton of se- second edition games that's number one number two this helps me now understand that wait a minute, why was leap attack so you can you can do your attack but you can't do anything else why is that so different than the other games why is death blow an automatic kill instead of just another attack that goes to hit points. Why am I losing all this capability other than I get something neat with it? It's because you have that many less attacks that okay. actually falls into place now. So just for everybody out there, people who might be watching this video later, on, like, oh my God, what's wrong with these guys? It's because we've been doing second edition games the entire yes. time. And yes. I'm not okay. memorizing every goddamn book Kevin puts yeah. out. If I want a new Nightbane, I will read it before I run it. If I want to do Heroes right. Unlimited, I'll read it before I run it. If I'm, you see what I'm saying? So Okay. Violence solves everything. Thank you very much. Uh, once I read based off of Heroes Unlimited, I assumed it was second edition. I assumed it was second edition. So thank you for the correction. The prior thing doing triple damage can be done with attacks as hand to hand. So two two jump kicks as hand to hand style attack. Well, it, uh, it it says that the that the jump kick has to be your first attack, and it's your only attack. Only around. attack, yeah. 
It's your only attack, so you 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 can't do two in the same round in the same that, melee round. Now in the in second edition, whatever, you still can only do one per round. It takes up two actions, but you can only do one jump kick per round. You have to use your actions for a punch, a regular kick, or whatever after that. But in this game, if yep. you decide to do a jump kick, it's the only at it's the only attack you can make, and it must be for your first attack. Yep. So okay, so I hope I'm some of that clarification that. in there. Oh, so now that knowing that information, now I'll have to agree with Max on the hand to hand basic expert whatever it's not adding two attacks if it's based off of first edition heroes unlimited it is two attacks instead of one now you have two and in that regard uh this isn't confusing at all because it's telling you you have two attacks yeah but yeah. but see that's that's part of the problem with some of these palladium books is is there, there have been and it's i've seen fights on forums shit. yeah i've seen fights on forums i've seen fights between players i've seen fights at my table when i was running teenage mutant industrials you know I, i've i've seen this because it isn't always clear and some of it's because the additions change there's a tweak between this game this game this game this game and i might know after the bomb and he knows heroes unlimited etc cetera, etc cetera. so some of this we might not get perfectly but uh hopefully we're still showing it to you and yep. uh, in a way that you guys like. Uh, should we wait for, on Psychic Combat until we actually talk about Psychic Combat? Yes, we're, we're going to do that in Psychic. Now, the, the one thing I want to do, let's, we're going to go up to page 60. Go up to page 60. And yeah. we're going to quickly talk about weapon combat. Weapon proficiency, modern weapon combat, and, and ancient weapon combat. Now, weapon, weapon combat is different than hand-to-hand -hand combat. In hand-to-hand -hand combat, you have your bonuses to strike based on your physical prowess. In modern weapon combat with guns, stuff like that, I, I think even even uh, nice, but d d definitely with uh, with with guns, you do not get your bonus to strike with physical prowess. You get your weapon proficiency bonus to strike. If you have a weapon proficiency with an aim shot, you get uh, depending on what what game system you are, plus two or plus three. But your bonus to strike with that weapon will go up as you level up. Your physical prowess does not factor in to your handgun, you know, strike proficiency like, like it does with your unarmed proficiency. And if you have the weapon proficiency in a weapon, not only are you able to maintain that weapon properly, mm -hmm. you are also able to do all of the special abilities of weapon, aim shot, shooting wild, uh, burst, uh, full, full auto. Do you know what page that's on? Shot. What's that? Do you know what page those are on? Uh, weapon that's, proficiency. That's, that's going to be well. Smart. That's going to be in the combat section. What were you talking about no, no, now? No, it's page sixty. Page sixty. Page sixty is aim shot, burst shot, okay, shooting wild, entire magazine, long burst, short burst, spraying an area, short burst one target, short burst many targets. There's a whole lot of of hand to hand of of, of weapon proficiency combat that you can use but only if you have the weapon proficiency. Right. You can't use any of this crap if you don't know how to use the weapon. Like, you literally don't know how to flip the switch to go to full auto. And if you did, you, 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 you'd be like... You, a, you should be shooting at the sky. Yeah, you should be shooting at the sky because <laughs> you have no idea how to control your weapon, how to walk it, you know, how to, how, to, how to do proper burst fire so you don't just, you know, just drift off your target, all that stuff. You don't have that knowledge. You don't have that skill. So there you go. Those are the two things about modern weapon combat I want to talk about. If you, uh, you do not use your physical prowess to strike with it, 
And if you do not have the weapon proficiency, you do not have the ability to do all of these special things. And there it is right there. Yeah, do not add your your uh, your hand-to-hand uh, -hand bonuses to strike. It, it's different. It does not work because it's a completely different deal. Now, for ancient weapon combat, where is that? Uh, Two pages that up. That was higher... Uh, weapon proficiencies, ancient weapon proficiencies. Okay. Um, With this cute little lady on the screen. Yeah, cute little lady. That's right. Expertise with, okay, archery bonuses at 20 feet, plus one to parry with that weapon, plus one to strike at levels two, four, six. You, know, you, you also cannot use your uh, your physical prowess strike bonus with, an, with a bow and arrow. How about battle axe? Nope. You get bonuses to strike at levels one, four, eight, and 12. Nowhere in here does it say that uh that your your physical prowess works with any any type of weapon now i just because i haven't found it doesn't mean it's not there it's definitely not for modern weapons maybe for knife sword yeah, axe, yeah i whatever. thought it was for yeah. these but not for modern weapons but i okay. have not seen it so i'm going to default to say you have to follow your your weapon proficiency bonuses but my understanding, if I'm remembering correctly, but see now, now we're walking on eggshells because of you know first edition, second edition. This game does it differently, but uh, typically, and I'm just saying typically, uh, you don't add in your PP for from range weapons like you said. You just use your weapon proficiency bonus, right? For right. for uh, ancient weapon proficiencies, you don't use your hand to hand bonus, but you use your PP bonus. If I remember correctly. Okay, that is so possible, somebody somebody again, in chat can, can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that, I, I have not seen that yet i i have not i've not seen that distinction maybe maybe it's in another section like i said the formatting of plating books is bad so it could be another section but that is your basic combat now if we've gotten more things wrong please put, put in it chat. in the chat put in the comments below and and we will we will acknowledge correction if we can verify it and if it's on a forum it doesn't count it has to be in this book if it's in a supplement it doesn't count it has to be in this book <laughs> We are not we are not doing supplements. We are not doing the Rifter magazine. We're not doing any of that stuff. If it's in this book, then it counts. If it's not in this book, it only exists in your head. Keep right it there. I'd say it counts, but it should be put into a book into an up uh, an official version of the game. I guess. Right. So he said, uh, uh, "Beyond Supernatural rules for no combat training." Yeah. Most of, most of the books do. Uh, Heroes Unlimited do. did. Yeah. Uh, I, I know after the bomb does. Yeah, a lot of those books have like in those versions, those characters get two actions per round, or sorry, two attacks. Sorry, Kevin, uh, per round, uh, and then but that's it with no bonuses. You don't get any increase. Actually, one of them, Beyond the Supernatural, gave you increases over certain levels. Maybe Heroes Unlimited did as well. But uh, yeah, that's the thing is uh, this is one of the reasons why mixing and matching these books. When people say things like, you know what, I'm going to do Nightbane inside my Heroes Unlimited campaign, yeah, and, we're and I've always said that that is just going to cause balance issues, and and the, the game master is going to get a damn headache trying to trying to you know rectify all this nonsense but it is possible it's just that you're gonna have to make some calls that not everyone's gonna like shall i would say you're the game master it's your rules as long as the game master is consistent at the table i don't care if the game master says you get two attacks or you get two plus two attacks as long as the game master is consistent across the board yeah the thing is all of this doesn't matter as long as it's as long as it's adjudicated universally so either everyone gets plus two or everyone gets two 
including PCs, NPCs, whatever, then everyone's still in the same boat. The, yep. the playing field is still level. Yep. No one's getting an advantage. So is that it for combat or did that you have it any... for combat? We can move on now to psionics and magic. So for those of you who are expecting to see, oh, what about going over comments from last week? That will be after the next segment that we do. Uh, one, one last, I do want to finish up with one last thing for this though. What's just that? to just to wrap it all up. Combat, there's a there are a lot of options in Palladium, and they're meant to be cinematic. Yes. In fact, I, I had it on the screen there for a little bit, but he even has a paragraph in there. He's talking, you know, my old rules were probably more realistic, but these are quicker, more cinematic, you know, better for what I want to present. It's up to you at your table. Just remember, no matter if you're playing the first edition way, second edition way, your edition way, whatever, as long as you're playing it fairly, if you've got one attack and everything else is a parry dodge, that's fine. I rolled my attack. I got an eight. That hits. Probably easy to dodge or parry, but that hits. Uh, you you got the same process every time roll initiative well check for surprise if you want to call it that the the the, the sneaking and the sniping uh roll your d20 for initiative highest goes first roll your strike roll your parry or dodge i know you can do entangle as well but let's keep it simple uh roll uh roll your damage roll your uh roll to roll with punch, roll fall. With punch fall. Yeah. there you go apply damage it is it is just that every time and then everything else on top of that is just effect or gravy sure it might do a bit of extra damage it might do a knockdown it might have another uh, effect to it but it's essentially still that process when you do that body flip throw you're still rolling to strike it's just all you need to know is you roll the strike so it's very simple it's very cinematic it's fast paced if you can get through the book <laughs> and uh, and yeah i'll leave it at that so i just, I just want to kind of round this out by just saying we've talked about a lot of stuff we went over a bunch of things here it's not it's not that difficult we're showing you all this stuff to show you how deep the game can be and now with that let me get my other oh what page am i starting on oh we're gonna start with uh psychic stuff on page 69 you're gonna want to put up your other cinematic though to get here first 69 sonic powers okay not even going to do an end and uh end video on that one we're just going right in the next one just abruptly stop for everybody all right here we go all right for the second part of segment one today we are going to talk about magic and psionics i think we're doing it in the other order but you know what i fool you yeah that's, that's right that is clickbait on the screen right there because we're doing psionics and magic and you didn't know <laughs> Go ahead and look at uh, the links below in the description below, and you can find our social media and Discord. Our Discord is hopping. I'm sure after that last segment, a lot of people are yelling at us, but that's okay. I enjoy it. I embrace it. <laughs> if you want to check out our merchandise or donate to a really wonderful charity, you can also find those links below, and you can check our alternative media. For those of you who are like, I hate YouTube. Well, guess what? Why? Are you, how are you watching us then? And you know, uh, But you can check out our alternative. I can't talk. Alternative media. There we go. That is our schedule on Sundays and Fridays. We do tabletop role-playing game streams on Thursdays and Saturdays. Heathen Dog is out there playing video games, Dungeons & Dragons Online currently, with, uh, with the other members of Legion of Myth, and they have shenanigans, and they die a lot, and it is fun. Well, maybe not for him. Oops. Hashtag RPGate. We believe that uh, playing at a table, it's about playing fantasy role-playing. It's about having fantastic adventures. It's about having a great time. And how do you do that? You play these games... For escapism, not for some weirdo representation. You play them for entertainment, not for your real-world activism. And you play 
with natural organic inclusion. Those people around who want to play the game, not force diversity. You don't have to go find anybody to be at your table you don't want at your table. If there's a local group right there, then that's who you play with. Who cares how that group is made up? Oh, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock him off target and uh, we're not going to read it straight through and you know, fun things like that. All right, back okay. to this. Now, <laughs> here we go. Psionics and Magic. I think Palladium does psionics better than every other system I've ever played that wasn't just pure psionics. Here's why. Psionics and magic do not work the same. In in old D&D, even current D&D, whatever, uh, psionics just seemed like a different form of magic that was just better. And land. No. Here in, excuse me, here in Palladium, magic is more powerful has more utility but costs more power in the form of ppe to use and you only get to cast two spells per per uh, melee round no matter how many actions no matter how many melee actions you actually have is that only for low level spells also no that's all spells is it okay you only get two well no uh, if, uh the higher level spells the ones that are like oh i have to I have to well, the rituals, but, I, but I thought once you hit like fourth or fifth level or something like that, you could only do one per round, but I could be wrong. We will find out. The the, the higher power spells uh, usually in the description will, will say this must be maintained for how many minutes or whatever before you use. Anyway, but psionics, here's their thing. They're weaker generally than magical spells of the same level. They have less utility because they're not as broad range. They're very focused. They do one thing. They do it kind of okay. But <laughs> they are cheaper to use they use less power less isp in this case and for the most part you can use as many sonic powers per round as you have hand-to-hand -hand attacks so it, it they it treats them very well they they both have their place and neither is inherently overall more powerful than the other all right first we're going to go over psionics first okay Okay, we're going to talk about psionics a little bit. Uh, the powers of the mind, often known as extrasensory ASP, but that's an actual power. Telepathy, psychokinesis, these are all psionics. They're powerful, very real force, which can affect thoughts, the physical world, and living bodies of people or animals. Dark Day and its aftermath has increased the overall psychic energies in the world, multiplying the of numbers of powers and people with psychic abilities. Now, you can be a psychic character class, not a nightbane, a, a human who has psychic powers. You can be ever since dark day, you know, got, it got all funny. <laughs> and now people born with the ability to use psychic powers can happen. I'm not going to really talk inside. about that. I'm not going to really talk about that, but it is a thing. All right. You get, you get, uh, you get uh, special PCC abilities, automatic powers, chosen powers, stuff like that. Well, what I, what I want to do is go over the basics of psionics. So what 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 page is that? Um, for the PDF, it's sixty eight. For the book, it is sixty seven. Okay. So we're going to go over inner strength points. Every use of a psionic ability temporarily uses up a certain amount of psychic energy that is called ISP, inner strength points. Each specific psionic power will indicate exactly how much ISP is required to perform that ability. When a psionic has exhausted all of his ISP, he is unable to perform any more psionic feats until he acquires sufficient rest. Now, ISP is normally based off your, somehow based off of your mental endurance attribute. Depending on what 
RCC, OCC, PCC you have, it will have multipliers or additions or addendums or whatever, and you will get more every level that you increase. So your pool will get bigger as you, and you will get more powers and you'll be able to use them more times a day, or you'll be able to use the more powerful ones. How do you get them back? Meditation, recovery of inner strength points. Sleeping will do it too, but we're going to get into that. Meditation is an automatic skill ability known to all psychics. If you have a psychic ability, you know how to meditate. You are more in tune with your mind and body. Oh, weird. You can meditate. Is the ability that can be done at any time and costs no eye speed or form. Meditation is not so much a psi power as it is a mental discipline. The exact techniques of meditation vary from person to person. My meditation is is uh, playing is uh, playing uh, an ancient Chinese strummed instrument. Okay, that's your meditation. Mine is my, the Friday my, night chill stream. Yeah, my meditation is yeah, like and subscribe. My meditation is doing yoga. Fine, whatever. My my meditation is is sitting Indian style with my hands on my knees and being very silent. Okay, that's yours. Choose your meditation. That's your thing. A relaxing meditative state offers the following benefits. One hour of meditation restores six ISP is equivalent of two hours of sleep or rest. Inner strength points can also be restored during sleep and or total relaxation at the rate of two per hour. Okay, here we go. That's not a lot. That And, and it seems contradictory right now. Read out loud, starting with a relaxing meditative state. A relaxing meditative state also offers the following benefits to all psionics. One hour of meditation restores six ISP and is the equivalent of two hours of sleep rest for the physical body. Now read the next paragraph. Inner strength points can also be restored during sleep and or total relaxation at a rate of two per hour. And does that make sense to you? My stream math is not working, but that does not seem right. That is not right at all. See, uh, it says that is the... Uh, Six is the equivalent of two hours of sleep or rest, but then it says sleep or rest only gives two. Two times two times two is four. That's not six. So we got a little problem here. Or do so we? So we have to say meditation, six per hour, sleep or rest, two per hour. And the mistake is the equivalency sentence. That's the most logical way to go. The other way to go that has merit is to say sleep or rest gives three per hour. That's another way to go. Though both of those are acceptable, although I would say med meditation giving six and sleep giving two is probably the most correct. Darthiak says the and is the key word. It breaks it up. Okay. Uh, one hour of meditation restores six ISP and is the is the equivalent of two hours of sleep rest. But two hours of sleep rest is only four. Yeah. And is a connector, so that would connect those two together. Yeah. See, anyway, still let's, doesn't uh, make sense. But that's okay. That's okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. Saving versus psionic attacks. As we saw earlier, if you do not have psychic powers at all, you save at a 15 or higher plus any mental endurance bonuses you may have. If you are any kind of psychic, have a single psychic power, it says here, 12 or higher, wait a minute, and then master psionics are 10 or higher. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It just earlier, said 10. It said 10. Earlier, it was, it was 15 and 10. Where did this 12 come from? 
Again, this is a problem with the book. The structure of the book is a problem. Now, I would say, making a judgment, I would say stick with the 15, 12, 10, because that's most prevalent across all Palladium books. And I would I would argue that the 1510 that we saw earlier in the last segment is just missing uh was 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 a miss was was a misprint. It just forgot to add in the 12 for minor and major psychics. Yeah, I would agree with that because exactly the same reason you said, and it even explains it here pretty well. Non-psychics yeah. are, are 20, major and minor are 12. I'm sorry, 15, and major and minor are 12, and master is a 10. And that makes that again matches every other palladium game. Yeah, matches every other palladium book in the universe. So I'm gonna So if say you watch the combat book. chapter and saw us talk about saving throws in there, well, we're actually in the psionic chapter now and the psionic video. So this supersedes that. Exactly. <laughs> Specialized information supersedes general. Thank you for the subscription and share, <laughs> but only the parts that we like. Okay, so <laughs> ley lines. Ley lines are a thing in non-riffs universes. Oh my God, they they do exist. They are real, even though you can't see them because they're not that strong. But they are they do exist. And if you happen to be in range of ley line, then your all of your sonic powers are increased by fifty percent or doubled within a mile of a nexus damage energy attack sword, pyrokinesis electricity blah, 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 is doubled within a mile of a line nexus point most damage causing sonic abilities are not described in this book but will be in future nightbane source books suck that usually means that'll never happen <laughs> if beyond the supernatural is any kind of indicator that'll never happen okay attacks per melee num equal to the number of physical hand-to-hand -hand attacks again this differentiates from magic sonic abilities and animals i don't want to talk about that okay saving throws and animals let's not even not even go there don't even want to do that animals and magic animals and magic this is just this is just telling you how much ppe an animal has in case you want to okay. sacrifice it to gain power so you don't want to Which, talk about that as either a, as a player character who is who should be a good guy you won't do this because <laughs> okay. that's bad so don't do it all right this is the psychic character class this is a character class you can choose if you don't want to be a nightbane you can be this. Guess what? You want to be a Nightbane. You don't want to be this. Is there a reason for that? Nightbanes are better. Okay. That's it. All right. Now, uh, as a psychic character, you get, uh, if you scroll down, you, you get first level, you get four powers for free. You get additional powers. Uh, in addition to the above, the psychic character gets to select two powers from each of the healing, sensitive, and, and physical categories. One additional power can be selected from any category for each additional level of experience. So you get those four plus two more, and then one more every level. ISP, based off your ME, and then roll a D4 times 10. Add it together. That's level one. And then you get 10 ISP for each additional level of experience, level two onward. PPE, you don't get a whole lot because all of your potential has gone into your psychicness. So you get a D6. That's it. You are not a very good sacrificial animal. Skills, related skills, whatever. We're not going over the class. We're going over the powers. And we are going to choose one power from each of the uh from, from each of the classes, which is over to the right of the page that you're currently on. There we go. Sensitive, physical, and healer. Notice there is no super psionic because we're not in rifts yet. Uh -huh. There is no super. So we are going to we're going to have Max Liao choose a sensitive power. 
I'm so sensitive. I'm going to choose. Uh, I want something that actually looks like it might be interesting. Uh, summon inner strength. Let's just go. Oh, with that. We went through that one before. Yeah, but then, 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 really then I won't power. do it. Then I won't do it. If we did it before, oh, I won't. Really do good it. power. No, no, they can look at what, which tell, tell them which, uh, that was in, was that in, uh, fantasy or death that, trance? That, there we go. I'm going death so trance. All right. We're going to do death trance. Where is death trance? Uh, clairvoyance divination. I love me some brain death. What page? It is page 72 end of page 72 on the left side. Book page or PDF page? There it is. Okay, book, so book, book page. page. I'm always going to yeah. give you a book page. Okay. All right. Uh, range self. Only you. Duration. As long as the psychic senses, you must feign death up to a maximum of four days. Only cost two ISP. And here's what happens. A state of mind over matter that slows the metabolism to such a degree that it creates a temporary state of suspended animation simulating death. Without hospital facilities, even a medical doctor is likely to believe the character is dead. If you're not hooked up to machines that are constantly, every every millisecond, monitoring your vitals, even to a trained medical professional, there's an 89% chance he's going to say, oh, he's dead, Jim. And you're going to look dead. The effects of drugs, toxins, and chemicals are slowed to a crawl, doing damage or effect, but will only take full effect the instant the death trance is stopped, unless treatment is administered first. While in the death-like state, the psychic cannot be roused or respond to any type of stimulation, including psychic probes. This means he is incapable of attacking or defending himself in any what? way until the trance is broken. This is a Hail Mary. <laughs> okay? This is it. Please don't coup de me. Please don't coup de me. Please don't coup de me. Exactly. That's basically it. You're you. This is playing possum. Well, the the other thing that I can see used for, which I actually like this additional effect that you don't see in a lot of other feigned deaths or death trance, whatever, is uh, the effects of drugs, toxins. So you know mm -hmm. what? I'm uh, this poison that I've been given, this uh, disease that that I've been exposed to is going to kill me. Like you said, hail mary. I'm gonna go into I'm a death trance to just stop it. Yeah. giving people four Excuse days <laughs> to administer the cure. Yep. <laughs> but death trance is also really good in this instance. Someone declares a death blow on you. They hit. You decide to roll with punch fall. You make it. You take half your SDC and half your points of damage. In your, in your next action, you activate death trance. He now thinks he killed you with his death blow. And he walks away, laughing, calling you a pussy of some kind. Well, he's a player character. No, he doesn't. He stabs him 15 more times just to prove well, that he's dead. Okay, you know, if you want to be a killers. murder hobo, then whatever. <laughs> but the, the NPC, you know, bad guy, is probably evil and arrogant and thinks the death blow worked because guess what? You died. Or you look like you died yeah. after being hit. And you get to get up and walk away and, and come at him later going, I thought you were dead. I was not. Ha ha. I leveled up. Sitting there just there with a squinty eye looking. Is he gone yet? Is he gone? I mean, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. All right. Now, go ahead and choose a physical power. Roar! Physical. All right. Physical power is going to be. I want to take a lot of time here. Look at that. Uh, you think you did that one before. Let's do something. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do ectoplasm. 
Because if, if that's as stupid as it was in, um, was it after the bomb? I'm gonna cry. It's not. It's not completely stupid. Ectoplasm in, in this game is not completely dumb. Okay, good. It's not. It's not super cool, but it's not completely dumb. Okay. And it is gonna be PDF page seventy nine, not book page seventy nine. PDF page seventy nine. Okay. There's another death trance. There's a second death trance. That's weird. Well, um, yeah, for for it's this one's a physical rather than a rather than a psychic one. This okay. one's actually shutting down your body and uh, using using your body to shut down your body. So using your mind, it's a okay. thing. Don't okay. worry about it. Ectoplasm range forty feet plus five feet per level of experience. Duration four minutes per level of experience. ISP if it's a vapor ectoplasm six. Solid ectoplasm twelve. We're going to explain that difference right now. Okay. This mystifying ability enables the psychic to create a slightly luminous vapor-like substance that is extruded from the pores. Ectoplasm has two forms, an invisible vapor and a luminous solid state. The vapor is sort of a floating probing finger that can snuff out candles, open doors, knock over or pick small objects, tap somebody on the shoulder, rustle leaves or knock on a door. The ectoplasmic vapor can be seen only by its creator, psychics and supernatural beings who can see the invisible or with infrared optic systems. Because the ectoplasm came from your body, it has more heat than the surrounding air. This is how ghost hunters find everybody. Exactly. <laughs> ectoplasm, although an invisible vapor, has physical properties, which means it cannot go through walls or other solid objects. But if there is a slit in the door or a hole or whatever, it can fit through. Thus, a person walking into an ectoplasm stream may feel a slight sensation like walking into a spider web or something, but will probably just think they walked into a spider web or something and not worry about it. Uh, let's see, the physical kind. The solid state of ectoplasm can be startling sight, for it is clearly visible to everyone. In this form, the ectoplasm can be shaped into an extra limb, such as a hand or arm, arm and hand, or a tentacle or even a foot. The I'm going to kick you, kick you in the ass with my ectoplasm foot. I'm going to do it with my tentacles better. Appears as a white, slightly luminous appendage connected to a trail of ectoplasm stretching back to its creator. Okay, like that's a just gross. Of silly putty. It is a little gross. The appendage and its connecting line can hover, float, levitate, or fly at a speed of 18. The solid ectoplasmic limb has much greater strength, able to carry, lift, or hold up to 40 pounds instead of just small ounces worth of objects, but cannot squeeze through the tiny openings that vapor can. An opening must be at least the size of a quarter for solid. Oh, that's, no. That's pretty small enough. Yeah, I know, right? That's, <laughs> that's small enough. Ecto combat. The ectoplasm vapor and solid form both have automatic dodge against all attacks directed at it of its length. It means an attempt to hack the middle of an ectoplasm stream will see that portion of the ectoplasm suddenly swerve, loop, or bend automatically to try and dodge. Uh, it does not count as an action uh, by the appendage. Because well, that's it's auto. what auto dodge yeah, means. Yeah. Automatically <laughs> a vapor or solid appendage must be controlled by its creator at all times. Thus, it has a number of attacks actions equal to its creator. So if the psychic has four attacks, that means you know they have the, the psychic has to use these attacks to make the ectoplasmic do anything. But the solid ectoplasmic appendage is not great tool for combat. It limits the person's attack actions per melee round and has a minimal strength equal to a PS attribute of four. A punch or a kick does a mere one point of damage. <laughs> damage can be increased by the appendage using any type of handheld weapon under 40 pounds. Small modern weapons such as a pistol or revolver can be used, but at minus 10 to strike. 
The Vapor may not use any weapons weighing more than nine ounces and can inflict no damage on its own. So basically, if you're using the Vapor, you better have like an X-Acto knife or something, and then you can do X-Acto <laughs> knife damage. But uh, if you're using the Solid, you can pick up a knife and do knife damage. Or you can punch or kick and do one point of damage. You know, or 40 pounds is a sword. You can do sword damage. You know, axe damage. I didn't whatever. realize I picked one that was this long. Jeez, that's a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, Ecto combat. Plus five to dodge. Applies to vapor and solid. Plus one to parry. Applies to vapor and solid. Plus one to strike. Applies to vapor and solid. Astral SDC is 40 plus one per hit point. Applies to vapor and solid. If the Ectoplasm is destroyed, the creator takes one hit point and 10 SDC of physical Ow. damage. Vapor inflicts no physical damage, but can touch, tap, or kick, or carry objects weighing eight ounces or nine ounces or less. Solid ectoplasm, one damage. Attacks per actions, each attack action by ectoplasm, excluding dodges, counts as one of the characters attacks that melee. A pair of ectoplasmic oh. limbs will divide the attacks between the two equally. Sunlight or bright artificial light reduces the range to half. This is this is one I haven't seen before. Bright light, 250 watts or more, reduces the range of ectoplasm by half. I don't know why. It's actually a shadow. It doesn't seem to be a shadow. That that would explain it to me, but it's a white glowy shadow. Let's move it's on. It's a white glowy <laughs> shadow, which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Maximum range possible for vapor and solid is 40 feet plus five per level. One full round is required to create an ectoplasmic vapor or solid appendage. All 15 seconds. That means to create an appendage, you must burn the all of your actions that entire round. It takes the entire 15 seconds. You can't go, attack, attack, attack. I got one attack left. I'm going to make an appendage. No. Because we've already stated all of your attacks, all of your attacks is the round. So 15, 15 seconds, seconds to blow on your thumb and have this appendage come out of you, but only seven seconds to suck it back in. Yeah, makes sense. Half a melee withdraw. <laughs> All right. That is, that is ectoplasm. Now we got one more. Go ahead and choose. I already forgot what page that was on. 60 the what? Healer abilities. 72. Oh. Uh, I'll just scroll down. There we go. So what healer. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm going against type here because I don't think we've ever done it before. I'm just gonna go with induce pain. Why is that induce under healer? Induce pain. Okay. Find out. Okay, deaden pain, healing touch. Induce pain. Page PDF page eighty three. Oh geez, that's way down there. It's in the bottom of the page. Bottom of page eighty three. I, I keep saying PDF. I, I, mean, I mean to say book. I'm That's sorry. Fine. It's all good. Uh, induce pain. There it is. Yep. Touch or within six feet. That means you don't have to touch them. You'll be within six feet of them. Uh, as long as the trance is maintained, that, that means as long as you're concentrating on it, they are in pain. Ooh, no, 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 no. Length of trance. One melee or 15 seconds is needed to prepare. <laughs> when you see the doctor going. <laughs> the length of the pain inducing trance is completely up to the psychic cost two isp per minute remember a round is 15 seconds 15 seconds two per minute that's four rounds is two isp saving throw standard for psychic the ability to inflict a terrible debilitating pain without physically damage the creature victims are minus six to strike wow. parry dodge lose initiative mission wow. zero skills are minus 30 and attacks per melee are halved rounded down 
I'm sorry. No, it's rounded up because you must, you, you, you always get one. I think I'm not sure on that. Don't quote <laughs> me on that, but I think it's rounded up. Uh, there's a good chance the victim passing out after five minutes of continuous pain, 50 plus 10% for each additional minute. That's what happened to me yesterday. Not your normal. Oh God, I got a splinter. It hurts. Oh Jesus. No, say oh, it, say no. It. oh no, I stepped on a screw. I know where you're oh, going no, with I that. Oh no, I stepped on a screw. Oh, they had to unscrew it from my foot. No, that's pussy pain compared to this. This <laughs> is every single nerve in your body is on fire. Arnold Schwarzenegger my in sciatica. his prime is crying, asking Lou Ferrigno for help. That's what this kind of pain is. Okay. That's this kind of pain. You wish to pass out. I want to voluntarily fail that role. That's what you'll say after five seconds of this pain. <laughs> wow. I know I had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Blame him. But not me. Don't is... take it on me. Remember you pay him crafty. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember it takes 15 seconds to start this. That means if if there is an enemy psychic and you see him and he's concentrating and staring at you, that's bad juju. Kill it. Oh, kill him before 15 seconds are up. But if the psychic is hidden or he's using some kind of clairvoyance and he's in another place and he has time to concentrate, as long as he stays in his trance and paces two ISP per minute, you are in unbearable unimaginable torment that's what this is it's very much princess bride to the pain very much that it's not so those good. so those are three and now that's our healer so remember healers can be a little dangerous yeah yeah so that's so that is, is, is that all that of psychic example of psychic powers that well, like like one, I said, one thing like, first okay do that so l let's look at so uh, what's the saving throw for this uh do standard. standard standard so let, let's just real quickly you're using your woo on me and yep. i want to avoid it i rolled okay. I, I didn't i rolled a seven so that means everything that he talked about and i roll better just than that then i rolled a two and I rolled, oh, 16. So 16 there makes it for everybody. So it doesn't matter if I'm, um, so what happens for, for the audience out there? You did woo -loo 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 -loo, spent your ISP two per minute, except for now I saved. So what is that? throw standard means nothing happens. So you need another 15 seconds to recharge that bad boy to try to hit yes. me with it again? Okay. I have to concentrate for 15 more seconds. I have to reinitiate the power. Okay. 15 more seconds, then you roll again. Okay. But that's that's 15 more seconds that I have to do nothing. Except no, I mean, stare I, at you menacingly. I, my point is, I just wanted to quickly do it. I mean, that's how quick it is. You use one of these. Uh, I, it's, unfortunately, we're in the, uh, you know, telekinesis probably doesn't matter. Someone in a strength. Uh, where, where are these that can affect somebody else? Real quick. Pyrokinesis. You can blow somebody up, right? Yep. All right. So duration, ISP varies. Fire resistance, spontaneous combustion. We want to, can I combust somebody? Normal human hair. No, no, sure. It's not for humans. No. Oh, okay. Oh, then never mind. No, see, uh, there, there is no save for direct damage attack. Well, no, there, there, for, for physical direct damage attacks. And for pyrokinesis, there's no save because you can't make someone explode. You can create fire, cause inanimate objects to, to burn up, stuff like that. And the fire itself can burn people, but you're not directing it at people. 
So there's so people don't get a save. So here's one right here though, electrokinesis, right? So okay. you're gonna you're gonna zap me down here, electrical discharge. You're a foot away from me. You decide that you want to inflict up one d6 damage as, as often as once per melee. So that's yep. once every fifteen seconds, right? So yep. I I roll. Do I, I mean do I get to roll there against no that? There's there is no save. There's no save. save. Okay. It's direct damage. There is no save. You are creating electricity. It is Got no it. longer a psychic ability. It is a physical manifestation of the universe. It is okay. a natural force of the universe now. You don't get a psychic save. You just got to dodge it or block it or be in a Faraday cage or whatever. <laughs> All right. Cool. That, I just wanted to get a couple of those quick little, not even examples, you know, so that when, again, when people are watching this, they go, oh, that's how it works. All right. So now let's uh, move on to magic if you're ready to do that. Or I do not know the page. Well, then uh, magic, I will sit you. 121. I didn't star any chats. Okay. So uh, subscribe for magic. You hey. said 121? One, 121. Book page 121. Okay, it's a 122. <laughs> 122. Although that was a nice face to stop on right there. Grr. Kind of a Rorschach thing going on there. Yep. All right, here we go. Uh, oh. Please note. Oh, geez. Can important. we skip this? Can we just skip nope. this? We have, to, we have to do the please note. Hold on, hold on. Let me straighten my tie then. All right, I'm okay. ready. Throughout this section, magic is treated as a real existing force complete with theories and history. This is done for dramatic purposes. We must again express that this is purely a fictional work and actually has no bearing on the real world. For anyone who actually needs that statement to not clutch their pearls and get all offended, Dan is waiting for you on the bridge. <laughs> he wants to hold your hand on the way down. Why you co- Copulate, <laughs> you yeah, co yeah. you coitus yourself self self assesses on the way the down. Hopefully, hopefully you're 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 a two pumper because it's going to be a quick fall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. The magic system described below is based on the system found in Beyond the Supernatural and riffs. Okay, so it says and, which means I'm going to say it's based on second edition because <laughs> riffs is a, is a second edition product. Or ish, second edition product. So I'm going to say that's that. How does magic work? Basic concepts are simple. First, magic is a natural force that existed since the dawn of time. Ley lines are real. Magic is real. Ask a nightbane to transform into their morphous form. Don't piss your pants and you'll realize magic is real. Um, unknown to all but a few mystics and occultists, magic is a constant ever-present energy. It is, it is distilled into potential psychic energy inside the body or or inside ley lines or whatever now that is all stuff we already know uh nexus points on ley lines uh can can recharge your personal potential psychic energy give you psychic energy that's free every round and increase the power of your magic okay uh we're keep going keep going dark day was the return of magic uh, when magic was heightened and now people started oh, yeah. to become more much more aware of it as a result there are more people willing to believe in the power of magic because once you see monsters you start believing in a whole lot of stuff i believe right? i can fly exactly if you see a vampire drink your mother's blood turn her into a vampire you're going to be more accepting of say bigfoot right Bigfoot doesn't exist. Well, yesterday I didn't think vampires existed. Well, Mega psychic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's a dick. All right. 
All right. Uh, the mastery of magic. First, belief to discipline. You have to know that magic exists. You have to believe it does exist. That's step one. Step two, train your mind to, fo- to harness this energy. Step three, understanding magic. This is where, where most hermetic type magic comes in, where you learn how to, how to manipulate and focus the magical energy around you to perform specific feats, i.e. casting spells. Ley lines and nexus points. The, the, these, are, these are very important to magic. Ley lines have the following effects on magic. Proximity. As long as you're within a half mile of a ley line, the range and duration of your spells is increased by 50%. Being at a ley line or within one mile of a nexus points doubles the range, duration, and damage of magic. Remember, uh, uh, psionic powers were increased to uh, with ley lines as well, but not damage. Here, damage is increased, and the mage can draw an additional five PPE per level of experience every 12 hours from a ley line nexus point or a ley line if they're on it. Plus his own PP recovers at an increased rate of eight per half hour without meditation. Being at a ley line nexus point triples at your standing on or within 200 feet, which is basically standing on a ley line nexus point. Your range duration and damage of all your magic is now tripled. You also have a bonus of plus two to save versus magic and a plus two to save versus horror factor because your body is infused with powers of gods and you just this, believe that you this right it. here. Save versus horror factor. That, that's just Anakin with his Sith, uh, like with, 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 with his Sith mindset going on. I ain't afraid yeah, no ghost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your personal spell strength is also increased by one. Personal spell strength is something that a lot of people forget to factor in in all palladium magic. Your personal spell strength actually makes saving against your spells harder. Normally, a save is 12 or higher for spell magic. Your personal spell strength, if it's plus one, makes that 13 or higher for the person you're casting on. If it's ritual spell, it's normally, was it 14 or it's 16, 16 or higher. But if you have a spell strength plus one, it's 17 or higher. And as you go up in level in a spell casting class, every once in a while, you're going to get a bonus to your personal spell strength. That will increase the effectiveness of all of your spells. Don't forget that. And of course, periods of increased energy at a nexus point. This is solstices, uh, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, planetary alignments, all this stuff increases power generated from ley lines and nexus points. So you'll be able to draw more power from it. You'll be able to cast bigger spells because of it. You can maybe open a rift to another dimension during that time. All kinds of stuff could happen. And these are the times, midday, summer, winter, and these are additive. Midday, during a solar eclipse, during a, a planetary alignment on the summer solstice, all of that adds together. All of those bonuses. Add Enjoy up. what you got, though. That doesn't last long. <laughs> doesn't last long, but it will all add up in that moment. You will be superhuman. Spell wise. All right. Now. Uh, we're going to go to, uh, learning spells. We don't have to worry about that because it all depends on the character class purchasing magic. That's if you can learn spells from, uh, 
from uh, written scrolls or tomes or whatever. Some some people can't, like the mystic OCC in this book. They learn spells intuitively. They can't learn spells through study. So what we're going to do is go to page 26. 26. 26. Oh, 126. Sorry, 126. Oh. Book page 126. There you go. Spell descriptions. And Max Liao is going to pick three total spells from any level. Ooh. Ooh, I can go up to level 15. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's, start, let's see how we start the game off. Let's just start with a nice uh, blinding flash. Seems seems like a nice, simple one. Let's try that. Blinding uh, flash. Okay. It is literally the very first spell. Yep. Okay. Kay. Blinding flash. Range 10 feet up to 60 feet away. So it's a 10 foot radius centered anywhere up to 60 feet away. Duration is instant. Blinding flash. Duh. Saving throw standard, which is either spell or ritual, 12 or 16. PPE cost, 1. The invocation creates a sudden burst of intense white light, temporarily blinding everyone for 1d4 melee rounds within the 10-foot radius of where you cast it. This makes the person who is blinded have a minus 5 to strike and a minus 10 to parry and dodge. Ooh. The chance of falling is 50% for every 10 feet of movement. The magic can be cast up to 60 feet away. Saving throw is standard. Those who successfully save are not blinded. That's it. You roll to save. If you save, you're not blind. If you don't save, you are blinded for 1d4 rounds, and the blinding is minus 5 to strike, minus 10 to parry and dodge. This is a great force divider. Yeah. This is great. Well, as long as you roll more than a one melee round that it lasts. But even then, even with the one melee round, it will prevent you, hopefully, from being attacked or, or whatever during yeah. that time. But, yeah. Uh, all right, what's next? Uh, what's next? Let's let's skip up. Let's move up the chain a little bit. Let's do level three, because that's always good in D&D, &D, right? How about yep. here? Uh, let's do simple invisibility, because I want to know the difference between simple and you know what we're going to look at later, right? Invisibility simple. Okay. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'll look at something else. Ooh, I went to level six right away. That was, that was not good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing for the next one. Okay. Uh, invisibility simple. That is on page 131. Bottom up. Uh, invisibility simple. There it is. There it is. Self only. Uh, includes clothes and articles on one on one's person. Now, usually the invisibility spell, like if you're carrying a pole arm, the pole arm is not invisible. It's within several inches of your body, your clothes, armor, whatever. They are also affected. Duration, three minutes per level experience. Saving throw, none, because you're casting it on yourself. You're not casting it on someone else, so no one can save against it, and you are voluntarily not making your save. PPE, six. That's how much points it costs. Now, what does it do? Spellcaster and anything he is wearing or carrying at the time of the invocation are turned completely invisible. Any object picked up afterward is visible. Likewise, any item on his person that is dropped becomes visible. Neither normal nor night vision can detect invisibility. Only beings who can naturally, psychically, or magically see the invisible are able to see the spellcaster. Infrared and heat detectors also pinpoint the invisible person. Now, it just bends light. It doesn't actually stop your heat emanation. I gotcha. And you are physically there, so any pressure sensors or whatever or trip wires will still go off. Although the invisible person is imperceptible to the eye, 
still retains physical mass. You can be smelled. You can be heard. <laughs> the dog keep barking. Into. Yeah. You, you can be bumped into. You know, if you want to sneak somewhere, I recommend not using any Axe body spray. <laughs> people are, people are going to know there's a douchebag around. Aww. And they might, they might put two and two together and think it's you. While invisible, the mage can walk, weave spells, walk, talk, talk. weave spells, walk, climb, run, open doors, carry objects, and perform other acts of physical exertion, including combat. The invisibility is terminated when the mage's duration time elapses or the mage cancels the spell. This is important because when you're attacking someone who's invisible, even if you know basically where they are, there's still minuses to your attack. When being attacked by someone who is invisible, there's minuses to your dodge and to your parry. And even simple invisibility does not break when you attack or when you are attacked. This is an, an important differentiation from here in D&D. Which makes invisibility quite strong. Other than uh, uh, the... The heat sensitivity and so forth, but this is this that, is simple. I'm, this I'm is sure simple. Invisibility superior will take care of yeah. that. Well, I got a I got a better one. What do you got? Summon Nightbane, level thirteen. Summon Nightbane, level what? Thirteen. Level thirteen. All right, level. I figured seven. we'd we one from the ends. I didn't want to go to fifteen though. Summon Nightlands Den Denizen. Wow, there's uh, a lot of spells. Level eleven. Oh, like level twelve. Level 13. Okay. Summon Night Lord. Summon. Oh, maybe that's what maybe that's what it was. Maybe summon Night Lord. I'm sorry. Yep, that's all. Yeah, some summon Night Lord is level 13. There is no summon night bane. Okay. And it's pa book page 148. 13. Summon Night Lord. There it is. Yep. There it is. Range. The immediate vicinity. You. Where you are. <laughs> Why would you want to summon a night lord to where you are? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem smart. But okay. Duration, 30 minutes per level of experience. He won't now, need that long. He's not gonna need that long to kill you. But he can't he can't magically leave you for 30 minutes per level of experience. He can tear off your skull and drink your brain. Easy enough, but he can't teleport away for 30 minutes per level of experience. So I hope you have some kind of thing. Saving throw. If the Night Lord is unwilling, he saves at a plus eight, which means, let's say, this is a ritual spell. So it's your so a normal save is sixteen. He gets a plus eight. That means he needs an eight or higher to save, which is pretty doable. And again, why would you want to do this? I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I guess you summon him after you've already built your circles, your protections. You've got everybody in place. It's like, okay, guys, are you ready for this? Because he's about to, you know, pull off my skull and drink my brain. So, can you please not let that happen? So, other than that, I cannot see a reason to. Okay, the dangerous and little-known invocation, little-known because everyone who knows it has, has probably tried it one time and dead, <laughs> will summon a night lord from anywhere on Earth or the Nightlands. However. If the Night Lord does not wish to be summoned, his normal save is at a plus eight. If he fails to save, the Night Lord will arrive in a state of rage. You think? Ready to destroy the sorcerer unless he can somehow be restrained or convinced otherwise. Please don't for kill me. For the most part, the nope. ritual is cast only by sorcerers who are allied or work for the Night Lord or are inherently genetically stupid. And when their master is expecting the summons, the title given name, not the real name of the night Lord is necessary to cast the invocation. Okay. Now 
I will admit this. There are there are binding spells in this game. Circles. Mm-hmm. Circles that if you summon something into can bind them. But night lords are minor cousins of alien intelligences. You are not going to bind them. Okay, there's a there's a 2% chance you will successfully bind a night lord. Those are not odds I want. Plus, I'll, this I'll keep trying until I do it. This costs 425 PPE just to cast. So you're not going to have anything left in the tank to fight this guy. Uh, what? You just kill a few puppies? Doesn't that give you? No. Pu- puppies oh. don't hold that kind of power. Oh. It's going to have to be midnight on the winter solstice during a lunar eclipse. You know this missing children a, that we were investigating? At Stonehenge. <laughs> Uh, during a planetary alignment, then maybe you got enough juice in the tank to pull this off and maybe get out alive. But I wouldn't bet on it. But notice the difference in PPE from a level one spell, which is one. Oh yeah, level one. To a level 13 spell, which is 425. And I know they bounce around, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, they do bounce around. But that is is another example of how magic and psionics work work differently. Even the highest level psionic powers, which don't, don't go by levels, by the way, the highest magnitude psionic power, maybe 20, 40 ISP, that's it. But they don't do a whole lot of damage, if any. But magic, oh my God, so much PPE, but so powerful and broad and so much damage and and wide reach and range and scale. It's crazy. What? Yes, that is magic in a nutshell. And, And remember, magic, unless otherwise stated... Two, two, two spells per round, no matter how many, well, as long, as long as you have at least two actions per round, even if you have more, you only get to cast twice, two action, two spells per round. Psionics is equal to your hand-to-hand combat. So what do we got for uh chat? None. There, there, there right. was some chat, but it wasn't, it wasn't stuff that's like, oh my God, uh, had to be brought up. Maybe Nerdy Ogre when he said, what idiot would summon a Night Lord? But you know, you, you uh, kind of, you kind of asked yeah. that yourself. That idiot. The, the one so, that died. All right. Do you want to do comments from uh, last week? Yes, we do. Hit it. All right. Let me let me let me actually full screen this this time. Actually, pretend like I know what I'm doing. Right there, we go. That'd be great. Here we go. Oh wait. See, I didn't even change the. It's not the introduction. Whatever. Nope. So, uh, so last week, what did we talk about last week? Last week was about oh, night lords and uh, night banes. So these are comments about that episode from last week. And uh, this person here says, I haven't played Nightbane since I was a teenager in high school. Really enjoyed the setting. And you know what? Uh, Even though riffs came first, whatever, this is, this is a really good dip your toe in the, in the, in the Palladium multiverse pool, because uh, uh, this uh, Nightbane really has some great story building. It it also is uh, good at testing your ability to deal with things that are high powered because it's yeah. somewhat somewhat controlled because you only have that high power when the high power is around you. Right, but you know, in, instead of having MDC, you have hundreds of SDC that yeah. you're facing now, and it, and it's an excellent transition into rifts later, where then you're not dealing with hundreds of MDC, but you're dealing with dozens of MDC, which is equal to thousands of SDC. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, I said scroll down. Why didn't you scroll down? Uh, Big Complex says, I'm describing this monstrosity. Oh, you responded to this one. I I'm responded to this one, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, I'm this, describing this, this monstrosity to the hubby. 
in the next room, uh, up to the plastic skin on the biomech table, and he quips, "It's Visible Man." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that the uh, for for everyone who didn't know, if if you look if you look back at our last stream, uh, when when uh, when we actually mock created uh, a, a Nightbane for Max Liao, he ended up looking like like Pinhead or or a Cenobite from the Hellraiser. And, covered uh, in plastic, except for yeah, inside, you can see my in, insides. Transparent plastic skin, <laughs> uh, bones, bones protruding out, you know, flesh missing and glass or uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, nails sticking out from his from his body. And uh, it was yeah, all types of fun. It, it was all types of great. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty funny. And the third one that I has like plus one for the Buck Rogers mention. I don't remember that, but I don't uh, remember you, that either. you know what, I was though? Racking my brain, but I, I didn't rewatch it. Well, yeah, neither did I. Uh, yeah, Buck Rogers. Oh, it was probably Hawkman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I because I had the feather hair. That's right. The, yeah, okay, yep. that's right. Yeah. Uh, what was this? What was the actor's name? Tom something. T H O M. Because I always remember when I was a kid. It's like who spells Tom with T H O M? But you know, foam. Um, the hell, foam. <laughs> what do you? Uh, what's wrong with if you? you? If you want the possibility of your comment being read on the end of uh, one of these, uh, go ahead and leave comments on our videos, um, and right. we pick. Pick three that are interesting, I guess you'd say. We don't get a lot on our segment ones, to be honest with you. So, like, subscribe, share. And do I have to put the other stuff up? You can see the links below. That's our schedule. Be like, hashtag RPGate. All right. Are All you going right, to take a quick go. break? I'm going to take a quick break. I've been talking for... Uh, yeah, this is going to be a long yeah, episode today. <laughs> and I've got to edit all this stuff. I know. Uh, all right, let's get this back over there. No, you stay there. You come over here. All right. So let's see what's going on in chat. Crafty says he's got his age oh, Conan book. Maybe summoning a rival. Okay. Maybe summon a rival Nightlord to the one you're fighting. I think they would just both eat you and then fight each other. I don't know. Yeah, Tom Christopher. Thank you. Tom Christopher. That was his name. Yep, yep. Oh, what else did, did I talk about? All the stuff that I wanted to talk about earlier, I think I did. Um, the only other thing that maybe that I didn't mention before is there's going to be a slight change to how YouTube and Twitch talk to each other for us, and it's going to go like this. If you're watching on Twitch right now, well, these live streams are going to change over to Legion at two. I didn't know there's a Legion at two. Yeah, there is. I haven't used it in a long time though. Uh, it's just everything that you see is twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth 2. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but it is going to start happening soonish. So, uh, we'll figure that out. So what's going to happen is the tabletop RPG, the, these are the RPG digest and uh, Friday night chill stream are still going to be here on YouTube. And then they're going to be co-streamed and highlighted and so forth on Legion of Myth 2 instead of Legion of Myth 1. And so those two are going to be together. The reason for that is Heathen Dog is going to keep doing his video games over there on Legion of Myth 1. But I'm developing another channel for him here on YouTube so that he can put highlights and craziness and games and so on and so forth there. So. Well, I used to remember those things too, Raven Slayer, because that's one of those things that stuck with me for a long time. It's one of those trivia things that I, uh, I for whatever reason, knew, but only recently have started to forget. All right, yeah, and I've I've been wanting to stream uh, free to play Magic the Gathering for a while now, you know, during the day, but I wanted to do it to YouTube because YouTube would have a higher audience. Maybe we'll see. Well, according to the metrics I saw, YouTube would have a higher audience than Twitch. 
Oh, okay. It would yeah, still be so. to a different YouTube channel, though. It wouldn't be to this YouTube channel. Well, it, that wouldn't matter. That would okay. just, you know, I and and you know, I I do the the premiere trick and whatnot. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna try that out. Sounds good. All right. Um, well then, with that, are you ready for segment two? You ready for me to ask you some hard questions? Yeah, these are easy. All right, for segment two today, we are going to tell you all the best ways that you can be a bad dungeon master. No, that's not exactly what we're going to do. It's not really a clickbait title there. It's it's we're going we're going to talk about something somewhat specific. This originally stemmed from. What's a critical role apparently killing two characters off a week or two ago, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And uh, apparently that made Matt Mercer a bad dungeon master to a lot of people on Twitter. And of course, you know, we have to mock people on Twitter. And we follow these rules right here about mocking people. So uh, read that and you'll know how to properly mock all those folks on Twitter. And of course, you can check our links below. You can donate to our charity. You can buy some of our merch. You can join our uh, Discord because, you know, it's hopping. And, you know, check out our social media. It's not as hopping as much because I'm old and social media is for kids. <laughs> and finally, you can check us out on alternative media. And, of course, we have uh, Heathen Dog streaming on Thursdays and Saturdays there on Twitch. And we got video game. Or- tabletop rpg streams here on sundays which we're watching right now which you're watching i don't know what the hell i'm saying anymore apparently i can't talk and i haven't even started yet and the friday night show stream on friday nights so i didn't need to talk i didn't need to talk anyway talking's overrated sure subscribe like share like subscribe and share for talkings for fools yeah to help me help uh, educate me so that i can talk better all right so so this is what this we're going to focus on one aspect of being a bad dungeon master one aspect that's it and it's all about killing characters because every good dungeon master knows it's all about killing the characters every time. All right. In- uh, see, I don't even, I have no idea. See, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the actual gameplay cause I don't watch critical role, but I do know how hard it is to kill someone in five E. Even if you freaking want to, how hard it is to kill a character. So they must have made so many stupid decisions to get themselves actually dead that it I, that I i can only point and laugh so let me ask you some questions all right go for it and i don't know what i want to ask you first i think i'm going to start start with this one yeah this one when is it not okay to kill a character all right it is not okay to to kill a character in an instant death scenario that they had no idea was coming example uh anvil from the sky type situation i mean that 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 is an exaggeration but stuff like that they are not they're not in a dungeon they're they're not in an unknown place they're just walking around and for some (laughs) reason there 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 was for no reason at all in the middle of the path there there was a uh, a, a pit trap with with punji sticks with feces on them and they end up you know getting impaled infection and die in a land and of there's peace absolutely where everybody no travels and... for that there there is no in-game logic there's no bandits there's no nothing it just happened stuff like that is stupid and no gm should do it there should be even if you fail your perception role there should be a way to know an instant kill thing is coming either you're in a you're in a dungeon 
you should be, you know, aware at all times, or there's some kind of hint or clue or whatever that you have the possibility of picking up on to prepare yourself for something. If you don't give the players that, you're doing it wrong. You're a bad GM. I'm I'm not a big fan of uh of insta kill. Even even in games, I tend to shy away because I'm already deadly enough in my games. I tend to shy yeah. away from things in D D, yeah. for example, like disintegrate. Save or die type I, stuff. I get it, but it is in the book. It is a thing, but you don't get dis- disintegrations. Don't fall out of the fucking sky. You know, you, have you been wait, in tomb of horrors? <laughs> stop it. If you're in a tomb, if you're in some place called a tomb of horror, that disintegration Fair. spell did not fall out of the sky. You walked into it. Fair. All right. So get over it. Uh, any other time that, uh, so it's not okay to kill a character. Well, first of all, I don't like the premise. As the dungeon master and game master, I don't kill the characters. No. Like, okay, uh, we got a super chat here. Super chat. So, oops. Wait, are you clicking it? Oh, okay. You, yes. <laughs> uh, PC smokes some wacky tobacco laced with space fungus. PC, that PC deserves to die. I don't know. I mean. Hey, 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 hey. Now, hang on a minute. You are excluding the druggy culture. But you are also excluding people who will smoke something. They don't know what they're actually smoking. So you're, you're, you're actually killing off dumb people. Okay. never mind. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I tried, I, I, I tried to make you wrong, but logic, logic dictates that is correct. You see what's coming up. Did you see what just popped up on the screen? Oh, I'll let you Patriotic get it. Gestalt. Yes. For $25 doesn't ask a question. Just, just want to give us 25 bucks. And you know what? I love it. Thank love you very it. much. 25 bucks and I don't got to think for anything. That's great. Do more <laughs> of that, everyone. <laughs> Just throw money. I mean, pr- pretend there's a pole and I'm swinging on it. Just make it rain. Hmm. Maybe we could make that happen. <laughs> Easy killer. You don't want it. Nobody wants that. <laughs> a crafty wanted it for months, but nobody would That's jump true. on the bandwagon. Yeah, no, no one would go for it because no one else wants it. That's true. Thank you very much, Patriotic Assault. Really do appreciate that. Um, so when when else is it not okay to kill a character? Again, like I said, I don't I don't like the premise of the idea that uh, first of all, if you're the game master, dungeon master, I'm, I'm just gonna use game master. Uh, if you're the game master that kills characters like ah, i killed you um then you're probably in the wrong hobby and it's one of the things that uh i to this day i'm still kind of uh i struggle with not as for me but trusting other dungeon masters and what i mean is the adversarial dm if you're the adversarial dm that's like i'm i'm gonna outthink the players and i'm gonna whoop their asses well you're, you're being a dick yeah your your job is not to be the player antagonist your job is to oversee the world, dictate the actions of the NPCs, and then alter their responses due to the player character's actions or words. That's your job. That's it. Basically, I mean, there, there's more to it in specific situations, but basically you are the arbiter of the world. They are the cause. You are the effect. You know, whatever they do, the world reacts to it. That's your job. But it's not your job to screw them over. It's their job to screw themselves and players do yes. it all the time. You don't yes. have to worry about that. Exactly. I, and I agree with that. Um, all right. I'm not going to get back to that one. I'm going to go to this one now, which is, does the DM have an obligation? I'm going to give you a, a multiple scenarios okay. here. They're, they're quick though. Does the DM have an obligation to allow player characters to re- revive? 
Set up a fair fight. I probably should push it up with these in orders. Telegraph any tricks. And for example, something like, ah, put the red gem in the eye in order to remove its magic resistance. Is there a requirement for the dungeon master? I know I'm going to put the word obligation because I think it sounds stronger to affect those things. Must allow the PCs to revive. Must set up a fair fight. Must telegraph a trick. No. No to all three. Okay. Why? I'll explain. Give, give me the first one. Uh, Must well, allow a character to revive. Yeah. No. No. If they went in there without a cleric, with without without a potion, without a salve, without a magic item that, that if they're just that too low them, level, they don't even have access to that. Okay, stuff. yeah. But the, the, if you put if you're low level and you put yourself in a, in a in a dangerous situation and you expect not to die, you're an idiot. And you deserve to die. It is not the game master's obligation to give you an out if you make stupid decisions. People don't seem to understand. It's always okay to run away. Now, if if the game master as a, as a low level character, you you are you are fighting a a a, a fifth level necromancer. And, and you are a first or second level party and the game master does not give you the option to run away. Then he's probably a bad game master because that is, that is a, that is a basically an instant death scenario. That's bad, but you can always run away or you can plan. You, you can have the magic item or the, or the, or the spell caster or the whatever to give you bonuses or res you or raise you or whatever, heal you all that stuff. That's up to you. If you want to climb a mountain on the way to Mount Doom and don't get climbing gear or proper cold weather clothing, that's on you, man. You're going to fall off a cliff and die. The You're game master should have said that they were extra steep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, extra steep. The mountain. I, I, did, I didn't tell you the mountain was steep. You can go to hell. I, how was I supposed to prepare for an avalanche? I don't know. Mountain. How will not scream at the top of your voice, banging drums while fighting? <laughs> <laughs> we'll fight a giant mountaintop full of snow. Okay, you're an idiot. You deserve what you got. What's the second one? Uh, the second one was, uh, does the DM have an obligation to set up a fair fight? No. Here's the thing. Fair. That's the word. Fair. That's the word I have trouble with. It's the GM's obligation to, to only give you reasonable fights. Reasonable being ones you can either win or get away from fair fair doesn't exist my little idiot friend fair doesn't exist in games fair doesn't exist in life so i don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you say fair some fantasy well this is fantasy land but but some <laughs> some, some, some some fantasy land where people never die play hero kids challenge rating that challenge rating was too hard for us i don't even i honestly i still to this day don't fully understand what challenge rating that, is yeah. other than like a, a fair fight in a role-playing game is one you is, win is, is one you can win or one you can get away from if you if you think you can't that's the only kind of fair but people forget that second part we should have been able to win. If we can't win, it's not a fair fight. No, it's a fight you can't win. And I and you're able to get away. Yeah. That's called a fair fight. And to be fair, most creatures, un unless starving or uh, you know, is a stupid undead, you know, something like that, you know, the unintelligent, don't fight to the death. 
They fight to get you out of an area. They fight to get right. you away from the kids. They fight to, you know, right. for many reasons. You know, a lot of animals, you don't even, they don't want to be wounded. So, you know, they yeah. might let you go. Yeah, um, un un unless they're protecting their babies or so they're, they're right. severely territorial. They're just going to go if they get hurt enough. They're just going to leave. Or right, the third one. The third one was telegraph any, and I've got some comments start about this one, but uh, okay. telegraph any tricks. Does the DM have an obligation to telegraph any tricks? And the example I put in here is just to get, make sure we're on the same page is uh, for example, setting the gem in the eye of the statue in order to remove the creature's uh, magic resistance. Okay. In every story, in every module that I have ever seen, heard, or read in every movie, as a matter of fact, if there were, tricks and twists like that they weren't telegraphed it was the pc's duty to do the research do the lore you know not not do the lore but learn the lore do their do their due diligence before they go into the final battle with something like that is usually kind of a final battle type thing yeah. you know you know uh go to the sage pay him the money get the information from him and now you can move forward. Victory is assured or not assured, but more likely it is the PC's obligation to learn these facts before they go into a fight blind. If you go into a fight without knowing who and what you're fighting, thinking you're going to win, you're an idiot and you deserve to die. That's it. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to hit some, before I give my responses, I'm going to hit some chat here just so we don't forget what some of these are. Uh, Kill Raven says, to be fair, did I actually do the Magic and Psionics books from Nightbane? So that, yeah, was, back right, when, that was back in that one. So apparently yeah, they that, but that, that, that was just where, uh, that was just us being all pissy about the Beyond <laughs> right. the Supernatural magic never happening. Uh, so uh, did I forget some in segment two? Yeah, you must have forgotten a lot of this stuff. Oh, man. Uh, so this one, oh no, this was this one. This is one of the, because uh, I remember when this was put on here by Weird Guy. So this is one of the Palladium benefits. The character creation process is longer than other games. That incentivizes you not to die, yeah? Be I smart. Feel, like, I don't want to go through that crap again. As somebody who's been making a bunch of Rifts characters recently, <laughs> I can tell you, especially to format that stuff correctly. Uh, by Be the way, smart. have you looked over my Glitter Boy yet? Uh, just the just the basic stuff. I didn't okay. actually check it. Okay. I I glanced over it. It, it seemed on, on the surface. It seemed okay. Okay. Jeff Theek says, I had a guillotine trap kill a player yesterday. I hope it didn't kill a player. Hope it killed the character. Uh, yeah, it's not my character. fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. The magic user decided to lead the group. <laughs> well, there you go. That's sometimes, you know, unless you have a necessity for that. Why is the magic user up front? Yeah. What, why is the squishiest guy in your party in front? Unless he's stone skinned or yeah, yeah, unless he's stone skinned and force fielded up and stuff like that, he shouldn't be in front. So yeah, okay. And we have a we have weird guy giving us uh ten bucks. So go ahead and put that on the screen because I'm not looking at super chat. So. It's perfectly okay for a GM to kill a bad player. Nope, bad player character. Stop stop trying to murder <laughs> people, weird guy. I've done it plenty of times. I'm running out of space to hide the bodies under the crawl space. Okay, no, oh, he is actually talking about <laughs> killing people. Okay, never mind. Occasionally, I'll us, even kill their character. Okay, yeah, he, I get. He, I get it he now. gave us ten dollars in order to admit yep. murder. So in FBI, order to admit murder, yes, Tim, yes. not us. <laughs> Thank you for the ten dollars, weird guy. <laughs> he had me going. He had me until the end. He did. Yeah, I was correcting All it too, right. but you beat me too. It's like never say player. Uh, Ravensler said player in one of his comments earlier. So, uh, Nerdy right, Ogre says, uh, "You don't have to have the player's permission to kill the. Oh, do you have to have? Don't you have to have the player's permission to kill the character now? No. Um, according no. to Twitter, you do. 
but but Twitter is not real. That's right. So no. We're gonna move on. There's a ton of save or die indeed. That is true. Exactly. Andy fifth edition. There's so many ways not to die, so many roles you have to fail all but consecutively to well, actually die. Armin's that- actually talking about old school D&D where do this or you die. Take this poison or dead, make a new character. Disintegrate right. or you die. And I don't avoid all of it. Don't you know I I avoid some of it because I don't like to overuse it unless well, like I, I said, disintegrate spells don't fall out of the sky. Right. Okay? You know? They come from the evil working. wizard that you decided to piss yeah. off because you I'm thought- going to go fight the lich. Well, then you should expect this a disintegrate spell every now and again. All right. Right. Exactly. Um, but I w- I'll tell you this. I would much sooner use a disintegrate than say a specter drain you two levels and watch the character. Cause then you get players that cry. Oh, two yeah. levels. My character. Like, you know what? It's would, just easy would to you kill rather you. just be dead. Yes. Yes. No, right, that's well, You're absolutely yeah. right. That's what they say. Yeah. Right. But our man is is right about that one. There's a lot, and you, and you, they're there to be used. My thing is just don't abuse them. Like every attack is going to be save or die, save or die, save or die, save or die. Um, Ravenslayer says the only time I try to actually kill a player again, the player <laughs> is when they've gone out of the way to cause mayhem within the group. Okay, I, again, again, no, I have to disagree because again, I have to say it's not the game master's job to be antagonistic toward a player, even a shitty player. Do not punish their character for them being assholes. After the game session's over, you take the player aside and say, listen, you're an asshole. Get the hell out of here. There's a guy on the Brooklyn Bridge. His name is Dan. Go go see him. <laughs> you're, he's going to want to hold your hand. Say yes. So you and can, you can... You can boot, boot a bad player. Do not punish the player character. Boot the bad player. All right, two more. Uh, this one, uh, so uh, was his name Patrick? Uh, no, yeah, Patrick Buckley had a couple of comments that highlighted. Sorry, Patrick, I removed yours and put this one here because I thought this summed it up well. You should not telegraph tricks, but the characters should be able to learn it through research and lore. It's on them to That's put in the... Said. This is exactly... Yeah, I agree yeah, with this exactly wholeheartedly. Yeah. If you don't find it, then they don't know it. And it's not up for, to me to say, well, have you thought about this? No. However, and this will get into something that I talk about in a little bit, it needs to be in a place along the way or through rumors or however you're doing it in your adventure that if the characters just do the obvious and take the time to ask a question or look in a drawer or what, whatever. The information you know, about the trick has to be available. Yes. They have to be able to learn it, but they have to choose to search it out. Don't yeah. drop it in their lap out of the sky. Oh my God, uh, this is this magical amulet fell out of the sky with an instruction manual and it's not even in Japanese. I can read it. You know, <laughs> like that's that's lame. Don't do that. But, you know, give, give a clue that there is a trick and if yes. they decide to do research on it, then they do. If they decide not to, then they die. And that's so it. You, we're talking about bad game masters. A bad game master... And I've ran into plenty. Heathen Dog and I think we're in a group where we had one like this. I won't mention the person's name. Don't, you're not there to outsmart the other players. To some degree, maybe you are. But what, what I'm saying is, if you don't put the hint out there that uh, you, you need to buy a ruby gem and put it in the eye of the uh, statue in order for it to reduce the magic resistance of the mummy for you to kill it or some nonsense like that, then that's on you. That's a bad game master for, for having that there without any inkling 
of the fact. Well, I had a statue. That is actually significant. Right. They could have bought rubies and there's a hole in the eye. They should have figured out. Why would they? You've given them no reason to. None at all. But if you can use riddles, you can use uh, scratching uh, on the wall. Yeah, Yeah, uh, something. This guy died with it in his hand. That's actually best. Some some obscure language, yeah. you know, in, in some book somewhere, they have to go to a sage, pay him to decipher yeah. it, and boom, there's your clue. If they decide, eh, it's gibberish, eh, F it. Or, or like the whole golem thing. If you want to go with more traditional style golems, I don't mean D&D traditional, I mean actual traditional, where you have INRA, uh, INRA, oh my God, <laughs> you have Yahweh written on the head, uh, and you have to scratch it out in order for it to lose its power. Things like that, you're not going to, you know, nobody's going to, I look at the forehead of the golem. I can't assume that Heathen Dog has read that, that with, mythology. With no Hebrew folklore. Right. Why would I, you know, I'm I'm not Jewish. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, well, even a lot of Jewish people don't know a lot about Hebrew. For, I'm, I'm not Hasidic Jewish. Right. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a rabbi. So yeah, I might not know that. I personally did know that, but that's only because of Terry Pratchett. At the, at the same time, uh, you know, you can't you can't just have the golem there like you should should have asked. You should I look at it. There's got to be a balance there. And a good game master is going to feed enough of the imagination where the characters are going to go. Maybe even down some red herrings. Or you can have an old B2 style adventure. Keep on Borderlands where you just have a list of rumors and they can start asking people. We're going to go around town and I'm going to ask the blacksmith and I'm going to ask the innkeeper. And I'm going to ask this. Of course, they're only going to know about their field. But one of them, maybe you go to the potter. Oh, yes, I heard about these golems. Golems are weird creatures. And I heard that uh, if you scratch the name written on their foreheads, their power loses. Well, how, how would a, uh, uh, a potter know that? Well, clay golem, right? You, you could have something like that put into the game where they can research it, ask the right questions without trying. Again, the, the, the trick is here, and this is why I'm trying to be a little bit careful with my language, is not about, well, it was there, they should have asked. You've got to feed them somehow them without telling ask. them. I'm not going to ask every single goddamn question just because I can. No one at the table is going to appreciate that. And nobody's in your head just because exactly. you think it's common sense. Yeah, yeah, you think it's common sense, but that only exists in the square foot between your ears. You know, ju- just like just like, you know, Twitter things. They only exist in the square foot between idiots' ears. And Hominal hit the nose on the head. Uh, hit the nose. On, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I do not want fair fights as a PC. I want to stack the odds so much in my favor that it's completely unfair. Right. Yeah. There's no yeah. such thing as a fair fight. Preparation. Preparation. Know your enemy. Know his weaknesses. Go in prepared. Win. Get prizes. That's how it works. Uh, I forgot to remove that from the screen. So let's... Uh... Let's find one more chat to put up here. I'll let you pick it. While you're doing that, I'll start focusing on my... Uh, uh. So, Heathen Dog pretty much gave all my answers here. Does the DM have an obligation to allow the PCs to revive? No. I will go... You know, if Heathen Dog was there when I've randomly... Not randomly killed. See, gotta watch my words for this one. Yeah, where, where I've allowed random encounters to kill characters and that's another thing that i saw all over the twitters was like you n- never let random encounters kill characters bullshit adventuring is hard it is meant to be hard but I, I have two rules two rules that i put in all my games now you might not see them i might not see them but i have two rules number one is i always leave you an out whether you choose to take it or not is is your business 
the out isn't always turning and running. Sometimes the out, out might be talking and giving a gift, but I don't want to give up my magic item. Well, if you want to get the fuck out of here, guess what? You, you know, there's always an out though of, of some sort. You just have to be willing to t- find it and take it. And uh, two, always have multiple paths to success. It could be combat. It could be puzzle solving. It could be negotiation. That doesn't have to be fit in those three realms. But you, but I, in order to get to the end, whatever the end goal is, and I'm not saying the end goal is beating this monster. I'm saying the end goal is obtaining a treasure, for example, right? There are always three ways to obtain it. I try, I try to do that to the best of my right, ability. Right. Yeah, yeah there, there is a monster guarding the treasure. Well, one way is to kill the monster. Another mm-hmm. way is to sneak by the monster. Find the secret door the or something, yep. Yeah, steal the treasure and get away unseen. Mission Impossible style. That's great. Mm-hmm. Or a third way is do your research on the monster, learn some lore. Oh, wait, he is he's susceptible to sleep magic used in a, used in a certain time of day. And so we can just put him to sleep. Walk in there, steal, get the treasure and walk right out. There you go. Three, three ways to do it. One of them re- required the actually all of them re- re- require the PCs to have a goddamn brain. Right. It's, it's a, it's a final, if there's one thing I can say that's, that's hard, that can be difficult for me as a dungeon master is knowing the line of, of assuming what the players, I mean, the players are going to know via their character and act upon. That has always been a fine balance. Like this is obvious. How the fuck are they not getting this? slow really you thought that was obvious how the hell was that obvious or the flip side was like crap i think i made this too hard for them. oh never mind they just solved it right now i didn't even get to have my full adventure those are extremes but both have yeah. had i mean he was there for one of the most notorious ones which was the stupid skull spinning thing i know that drives you crazy but it was one oh, yeah, of those things yeah. where they didn't even play the adventure <laughs> to some no, degree we bypassed the entire thing through random chance and it worked uh it was unbelievable but anyway, anyway, uh, here, here's, here's the bottom line for this whole character is dying. No matter how prepared you are, even if the game master telegraphed all of this stuff, roll D and D even, even fifth edition or Watsy third edition comes down to this. Sometimes you just roll a one. And sometimes the bad yes. guy just rolls a 20. Yep. You're going to die. I'm actually going to bring that up in a little bit. Well, I so, already brought it up now. No, no. So hold, 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 hold on to that because I, because I have an actual question for you on that because that I want to talk about a little bit more. But you're right. You're absolutely right uh, with that. Uh, one of my notes that I wrote down here that fits in what we were still talking about is uh, provide the PCs information, but don't spoon feed them. They should earn it and have a sense of accomplishment for their success. Provide them access to the information yep. they need, but don't give them the information they need. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's what it got done. Is spinning. Well, it was, it. A, it was a dog skull, but yes. <laughs> um, all it right. It was an orc who had a dog skull. Yeah. So the, now I'm going to circle back before we get into the really fun ones. And I'm gonna say, okay. so we asked the question, when is it not okay to kill a character? Right? And then we said, do you have an obligation? When is it okay to kill a character? at any point during an adventure it is okay to kill it like like i said an anvil falling from the sky that's never okay don't be an asshole but if they embark into a dungeon 
into an abandoned castle, into a place where any reasonable person would surmise that there is danger, it's okay to kill them. It's, oh no, I'm sorry. It's okay for them to die. Remember, you're not against you. them. You're not killing them. You, you, you're not stopping them from dying, but you're not doing it. It is your job as a dungeon master to provide challenges you think are meaningful. Yeah. Some you of those challenges might be too much. Yes. You are the arbiter of yeah. the world. You are not the antagonist. It's funny you say that. I got that book. Uh, <laughs> arbiter of worlds. Uh, yeah, yeah, you set up challenges. Some could be stronger than you thought they were going to be. As long as you leave the characters and out, even if one or two have to die, maybe one has to sacrifice himself to be that out. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a classic saw situation, you know, they, ten, yes. ten pints of blood will open the door. There's only two of you here. You know, one of you it can die and the other one can get out scot-free or each of you give half your blood and maybe both of you die or maybe see, both of you live. It's up to you. See, this is one of those situations, Iron Man. <laughs> I couldn't wait to put this on. I have twice gone over how slow poison works that the cleric in the village is old and always knows neutralized poison is four hours to the village. They still did not take slow poison. Look, that goes back to the groups that I talked about. They wouldn't take comprehend language if they just taken comprehend language. Nope, I want fireball or, or whatever the spell yeah, is. I want whatever, yeah. But, you know, outside of combat, comprehend languages, tongues, yeah, divination, all this stuff is intensely useful. But no one memorizes this shit. I don't get it. Absolutely necessity outside of combat, which, you know, if, if, 90% of your game is combat, then you're not playing D&D. I know I'm you're playing not. the semantics game here, but I'm I'm going to say it's never okay to kill a character, but it's always okay to let a character die. Pardon me for being pedantic, uh, I, and, and I get it, but I, I, I just wanted to make that distinction because it goes no, back to... True. You're absolutely true. Be, because the whole premise is the game master is not the antagonist. Right. The game master is the arbiter. You don't kill anyone. You let them die. You don't save them because you're also not the protagonist. The and, and, th and this feeds right into that. I have no problem killing PC for stupid choice, especially if it's obvious that death is the other out. Right. You're yeah. not killing the no. character, though. No, they're killing themselves. You're just letting it happen. All right. Now I have five comments that I know you're going to love that right. uh, I either read directly or I paraphrased because there's a couple other comments. And I wanted to hear your reaction to these before I give mine. You ready? Right. The, fir the first one? Yep. players hate losing they hate feeling powerless yep yeah so <laughs> okay I'm, I'm 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 waiting for a point I, I, i'm just leaving it there yeah um, the, 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 there's nothing else to say sure the players hate losing part i don't necessarily agree with that because sometimes losing can be fun losing we've <laughs> talked about character death i mean heathen dog's got a character that died very heroically yes Yes. Uh, there, there are times when losing it just changes the story, if you want to call it that, uh, that you're involved in, in a way that makes you rethink things. It can be frustrating, unfun. No, I, I sometimes, again, if you're constantly losing, Bob used to say this to me. He's like, dang it, slow. It drives me crazy because every time we go into a fight, it's like, if we think we're going to win or if we had just won, we're high in the hog, you beat us down. Say, and then we're like, oh, we can't win. We're trying to avoid everything, but we get stuck in a fight. All of a sudden, we just kick ass and take names. He's like, I, I can't get a feel for this. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't do that intentionally. I really don't. I don't do that intentionally. <laughs> but secondly, 
it's probably just how things are shaping out. You get cocky, you get beat down. You are act you start taking extra care. Look at what you guys did with that horror yeah. that I had to cheat on, you know, like Yeah, you, like, we we killed him in one round because because we prepared for that fight for months. We knew that horror was coming. We actually summoned that horror into the world for the purpose of beating the shit out of it. So we prepared. We learned all the lore we could. We learned all of its strengths and weaknesses. And when the when combat came around, we won in yep. five seconds. Well, and also a really good attack roll from Eric. <laughs> but yes, yes. But, you know, yep. we were prepared. He pulled the Whopper with cheese. You know, he, yep. he didn't. And he, he whopped. On, he, he that cheese was dripping off the side. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. I, I agree with Mr. Max on this one. Feeling like you can't lose and that you're all powerful is very boring. I yes. agree. Yes, that, that, that's another problem I have with 5e because you start off as already a hero at level one. And I don't, that's not compelling to me. Yep. Now, the other part what? of it, the, uh, they hate feeling powerless. I can yep. actually agree with that. But there are a couple of caveats with that. First of all, a player who's feeling powerless either needs to get more involved in the game as the player talking with the, the characters. They need to think things out more or those that group of players needs to sit with the game master and say, we are not getting what you're putting down. There's something that's not happening here. If that off the game is like, I'm always beating you. Well, that's a bad game master who's just being yeah. antagonistic. Yeah. At the same time, I don't want all the information spoon fed to me, but you've got to give us something because all we're doing is losing, losing, losing. You know me. I like to play darker worlds where things are gritty, where everything's a struggle, but that doesn't mean you're always losing. You've got these little hopes, these little steps forward where you're shaping the world, even in little small steps, making it a little bit better. Uh, but always feeling like you're powerless and can't do anything. Everything's always stronger than you. Everything's always better than you. Every Yeah. That I just wouldn't show up to that game yeah, for too long. Here's, here's the problem I have with that. It's the word feel. It, okay, is, yep. uh, it is not objective. It's, it's personal. It exists only in your own head. So the problem is most likely you. Now you say, I feel powerless, but are you actually powerless compared to the rest of the group, com compared to the monsters that you're facing? There are objective measurements where you can say, I am equal to less than or greater in power than all of the things that we're facing or the majority of the things that we're facing. If you feel power powerless, doesn't mean you actually are. It just means you feel that way. And you, you know how I feel about feelings, feelings. Sure. In fact, they do not go hand in hand. Unfortunately, feelings, feelings rule people more than fact. That's the unfortunate problem. <laughs> um, so a couple comments here. I do a feeling powerless. No one will make me feel powerless every time. The GM constantly intervening for or against the party. It feels like your actions don't matter. Agreed. Exactly. An arbiter, not a pro or antagonist. The GM's job, if he does it as an arbiter, he is not helping or hindering the party in significant ways. And so you can feel like you're act. No, I'm sorry, not feel. You can actually accomplish things on your own. And that will make you feel powerful. Now, this is... This is like the opposite side. Big Bob says, players say, so what if my character dies? I'll just roll up another one. That's the opposite end of the spectrum of the type yeah. of player I don't like. I do not like this player either. No. no. I want, I want the, the player. That player is not invested at all, which means he's not going to add any fun to the table. As a matter of fact, most of the time he is a fun black hole. 
But there's a balance in there, and what I mean by that is that I don't want somebody so tied to the character you have Twitter going off going, Oh, you killed the character! A DM should never kill characters! They should never have! There always has to be reviving and, and continuation of the story. That's bullshit. At the same time, the people are like, you know what? I'm just going to murder this guy off. No, no. That means you're you're not thinking like your character. There's this weird balance, and I know some people right. think that we're too in the story. Some people think we're not enough in the story. For me... Just think of Dragonlance. If you've read Dragonlance, I don't mean the modules, I mean the novels. That's the type of, of story, if you want to call it, that I'm trying to portray. Something where you start low and you in you start doing great things later on. You build your from zero to hero. And I want it to be with this entire group that's right here. But you know what? Sometimes characters die, and that's the way it is. But if you're just like, whatever, dude, this is just numbers on a paper, then you're not meant for my table. I yeah. do want the investment into the character itself r-o-l-e player not r-o-l-l player i i want the i want the former not the latter and that guy is the latter yep now again everybody's table is different so i don't know if i agree with this but i think that i think this is a misconception that comes out there because a lot of including myself had this but if you really read it i i when i've read a lot of older dragon magazines dungeon magazines i haven't seen it I could be wrong, but he says, uh, did older... Oh, sorry, he's asking. I'm th- sorry, Damien, I thought you were telling. <laughs> did older TSR D&D games encourage antagonistic DMs? Or was that just early power gamer uh, DMs back then? I think it was just the nature of coming from the power- tabletop game. Yeah, yeah, it was It was, It was. was just inexperienced or... or it was uh, new to the uh, hobby. ...masters who were, either didn't have the experience or didn't have the know-how to, to run a balanced campaign. And, you know... We were all younger back then. We were all guilty of of screwing things up. Oh yeah. So, you know that Oops, it happens. Not that one. Chat's going by pretty quickly here. Uh, character death should be one part losing something precious, one part exciting opportunity to try something new, and one part loot drop for the rest of the party. Yes, yes. <laughs> your your death will will not be forgotten because I have your sword now. <laughs> Damien, this could be true um, because I I struggle with this as a dungeon master because I don't just allow randomly, oh, look at this, you poofed in the middle of a dungeon, depending on what it is. But let me say it this way. In modern parlance, no, it's more of a... that, That character, if you kill a character... This has actually been said on Twitter. If you kill a character, that means in real life, you're the type of person who's probably a sociopath. You probably want people to die in real life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the mental gymnastics on that one, but fantasy reality. Oh, yeah, no, no. It, it's all coming up. Underwear gnomes. <laughs> there you go. All right. You ready for number two? Go for it. Uh, I would not like to play with a DM who purposely tries to kill the PCs. True. True. I would not want to play with that DM either. Because a DM should not purposely try and kill PCs. A, a, a DM, like, like I said earlier, a DM's job is an arbiter, not to be an antagonist. You did not, a, DM, a good DM will not purposely kill you. A good DM will allow you to kill yourself. I have or a couple of comments. save you as a white knight god from above when you do fall into a trap that, that is possible you could have seen. Or you decide not to run away. So, yeah, I agree. That's fine. In the context of the verbiage here, I agree as well. And as I was saying, I have a couple of comments starred that I'm going to get back to. Don't think I'm ignoring everybody. You guys are typing a lot, though. That's good. I appreciate that. Uh, In the exact words, I agree. But in the context of what we're saying, 
this is a mistake. This comment is a mistake. And this wasn't for Heathen Dog to know. And what I mean by that, just because the encounter is difficult, just because one of the party NPC on that table, on in that scenario, on that scene, is uber powerful, not something you can just stand up and go, okay, you ready to fight? Fight! You know, uh, like a Street Fighter game, does not mean that the DM purposely tried to kill the PC. If you, I don't know, go out of your way to, to throw your E-peen around there and say, I'm going to cast a spell on him and think that that character isn't going to come back at you, that's on you. Yep. That's not you on the Dungeon well. Master. Well, I thought we had to attack it. You know, sometimes when the evil guy's monologuing, just let him monologue. Yeah, you let him monologue and, and you, you do some stuff behind the scenes. You prepare the fight before it happens. The longer the bad guy's monologuing, the more time you have to put the, the red gem in the in the eye of the statue to, right? to take away his power. You know, keep him talking. Keep him talking. If you got to beg for your life to, to make him laugh and, and mock you, whatever, that's an extra round or two that someone else has to get around behind him and stab him in the back of his head come on now sometimes uh, i've been known to do this and i'm going to get flack from this from the old grognards and from the new folks but i don't care um it actually was written into the original star wars game and i've taken it to others is i do one cut scenes very rarely not even once per session but i'll, I'll do cut scenes the other thing i do is i have an enforced monologue you are going to hear, ah, Mr. Bond, you would have got me if I shoot him. No, you don't. Now, you know, 99% of the time when it's talking about taking agency away, it's that guy. But I warn people in session zero that you'll know when these are coming. You'll know when this is about to happen because I'll just flat out tell you no attacks are going to happen during this time. Again, I do it very rarely, but I do it for that cinematic experience of it. I don't do it to dick the players over. It's for that cinematic side of it. Uh, but no, you're sorry. You're, you're not every time going to be able to do the whole, uh, uh, what was that? Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Sometimes you're going to have to listen to him, watch him spin his little swords. You know, uh, But I do that for the purposes of letting you understand that NPC more. Because if you were just or to pull your situation of the world as it's unfolding right now, it's a it's a prelude to what's happening next. So you have to hear all this stuff. Or you're not going to understand stuff like that. Yeah, I get it. I would tell your players you can fuck off. <laughs> like, no, I wouldn't say it like that, but I, you can hate it. But it is going to happen. But it happens. Right, you can't do it all the time. This is one of those no, things no, you, no, no, no. you might do once a month. Um, I mean, th th think about it. Think about it like like a video game just for this moment. Yeah. They're in video games. They have cutscenes to show you dramatic events, and it's to it's to give you an idea of the scope of the danger or the or the or the uh, scope of the calamity that is about to or is happening. Yeah. You can't do anything during those cutscenes, but also nothing can happen to you. Right, right, right. It is just to give you the feel of everything moving forward. You could keep on walking then because I'd not invite you back. <laughs> like if, if that, if that's the mentality, why waste the time? It's not a waste of time. I'm giving you information. It's yeah, not it's long. information you're going to need moving forward to make right decisions. And if you want to, you know, ignore that, then you're a detriment to the entire party and they should kick you out. And I got to be very clear about this. They're not long. They're not 20. I, I did that one no, time no. in my life and I still regret it to this day. Uh, that was back in my year long of hell in Korea when I was a very bad gamer. But uh, before I met Heathen Dog, um, I, I learned that lesson there. Yes, they can be too long. They can be done too often. No, 
they're done where needed to be done. And I usually find ways to avoid it, but there are going to be occasions when it happens because it's the best way to get you the information you need yeah. and understand it at the same time. Five minutes, around five minutes tops. Yeah. Tops. Uh, let me hit uh, some of these chats so they don't go too far away. What's your take on GM who will play the Deus, Deus Machina card, aka GM will add, uh, help them out. out of, oh, um, so you got, you, you got that again, saving. Again, a GM is not a protagonist. Yeah. It's not the it's not the game master's job to have the universe save your life if you've made some stupid decisions or you've you've you know sometimes bad dice rolls even just bad dice rolls yeah, bad dice rolls that's just that's just bad luck man it's not the game master's job to save you from chance you know it's not sometimes Mr. you got to roll a hard six sometimes you end up rolling snake eyes it happens. And this this comment kind of also goes to Damien Henderson's uh, question earlier about uh, the antagonistic DM. Uh, in the olden days, there were those yeah tournament games. Uh, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil was was one. Uh, uh, Tomb of Horrors is another one. You know some of the common ones. Uh, they were they were they were to see how far you could get compared to another group. Yeah, but uh, that is a different kind of thing. That was a tournament type style. Yeah. That that was that was a race. That that was that was graded. It's different. That's, yeah. that's, that's a different thing than your common everyday adventure. It's a different class. It doesn't deserve to be talked about in this context. So shut up. And I would say, so Damien Henderson says, I had players get all silent about NPC death in a Sentinels game, but I had to make it pretty dramatic. That's awesome. That's the type that's of great. investment you want with the, with the great. Uh, players. That, that, that means you're, you, you got your player characters to care about a completely fictional person and that's because of you. That's awesome. The last one before I go, the next question is: Do you announce the cutscenes? I think so, in a way. But but but, way. It, but it's it's very no. Yeah, actually, cutscenes. The monologues I don't always announce, but the cutscenes, yes, because you have to. I mean, because it's usually not even detailing with the with the uh, the players themselves. It's something going on in another part of the universe, so to speak. Something that the easiest way to t to show you this is is as if you're the audience sitting out there going ah. Okay, it doesn't give away secret secrets. It continues to set a tone. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. It's just a right. And, it's a, uh, clues to events moving forward, stuff yes. like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, players with poor dice rolls should not be punished because of those dice rolls. I'm sorry, repeat that. Players with poor dice rolls should not be punished because of those dice rolls. False false on what part like i just said sometimes sometimes you roll box cars sometimes you roll snake eyes that's that's part of the game if you roll dice random chance it's part of the game and so, remember this is a role-playing game game <laughs> yeah. yeah it's part of the game sometimes you win sometimes you lose and sometimes it comes down to a die roll you can prepare everything and you know you have you have plus eight to to this thing you know all you have to do is not roll a one and the bad guy dies you've prepped so much yep. that you have stacked the deck in your favor all you have to do is not roll a one and you roll a one i am not obligated to save you because the universe wants you dead sorry and I, I'm reading chat here because chat's hitting the nail on the head. The thing is, so I, again, I don't like the premise. Players with poor dice rolls should not be punished because of those dice rolls. There's no punishment involved. First of all, you're a player. Yeah. You are not punished. 
Now, could you say that the character was punished? Well, the character wasn't punished immediately by the fates. What? Yeah, God, maybe. I don't know. Like, if if your player character believes in God and and God has forsaken me because I rolled this one, your player character can believe that, whether it's true or not. I don't know. But either way, you're dead. So, does it matter? Not really. So, so let's uh, uh, let me use a little story that happened to me uh, yesterday. I was outside, I was cutting my grass. And as I'm cutting my grass, I put my foot on a stump that I put on multiple times. I have cut my grass a whole ton of times this year with this screw hanging out of that stump. Every time I almost miss it. Oh, actually, I almost hit it, but I never do. And I keep telling myself I should remove that screw because one of these days I'm going to step on it. But you know what? I haven't stepped on it yet. I'll, I'll notice it there every time. I have always noticed it to this point. I have never stepped on it to this point. Guess what I did yesterday? I rolled that one. And I stepped on it. Is it fair? Well, it's kind of funny, actually. Uh, it's funny it, and fair because because <laughs> you know if if there is a game master to this world, he gave you every, dozens of uh, dozens of clues, and you chose to ignore every. Even single did that. Do you really want to do that? <laughs> exactly. Yes, dozens of clues, and yet you ignored everyone. All you needed to do was a screwdriver, or a pair of pliers, two pliers. minutes, and it would have been done. Not even two minutes. It was, it was once I get the, the locking players on it, so it wasn't sliding around. It was like, and then ee, 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 done. It was like five seconds. I just had to get the locking players on. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the vice grips, minutes, yeah. including getting the tool. Yeah, of hopping around. And, but the, the the point is, is yes. Yeah, sometimes, even when you think that you know, well, that shouldn't happen. That couldn't. Happen, yes, it can happen. And that kind of crap. Now you're talking adventures where lives are involved, where swords and and poisons and so forth. Yes, dice rolls can kill you. Absolutely, yeah. you should die from bad dice rolls. Right now, if if we were in a low magic environment, fantasy setting. You should all say goodbye to Max Liao right now because he's going to die of an infection in less than a week. Yep. Well, I had my tetanus shot, thank God. So Exactly. Uh... That's why I said <laughs> in that situation. But he's had his tetanus shots. Antibiotic exists. That's the only reason Max Liao is, is still going to be around next week. Yep. But what, should we be, we be angry that he died because of an infection from something stupid like mowing the lawn. No, we shouldn't because he noticed it dozens of times and did nothing to save his own life. That's so, not the DM killing me. So he is now a cautionary tale for all of your children. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, let's hit some of the chat up here because we got some good ones. Uh, back Damien Henderson. So what's your opinion? Uh, so what, in your opinion, is more important storytelling to, or two storytelling, the DM or the player's dice? Was like, can you, let me take this one first this time. I just want to put the emergent storytelling is the way to look at emergent storytelling. What does that mean? We're acting. No, let me not use it. We're role-playing at the table, but the dice are involved and the story emerges from the The actions. Exactly. The combination of both. You can't in a role-playing game to me, you cannot have just one or just the other. You can't have just the game. Yes. I'm looking at you, Iron Man. We'll get your comment up there in a moment. Uh, or just the role play, because this is just LARP and this is a board game. You need both. Now, how your table handles that, that's on you. But you to if you want to understand where I come from, it's all about the term emergent storytelling. It emerges from the gameplay. Right. In, in, a, in another way, th- think of it like this. The game master throws out the, throws out the story, the, the, the premise, and then the players make decisions that move the story forward. 
dice rolls cause both the game master and the players to possibly pivot to change direction in the story. It changes the story. It doesn't guide the story. It creates maybe if, if you think of a story as a flowing river, it puts a giant rock in the middle where it diverts still gets the same place, but changes the arc of it. That's what the dice is for. It's to alter the story by making the players and the game master change tactics, change the way they approach the problem. And that's what makes it fun. That bit of random chance makes you think, makes you, makes you uh, think of something that maybe you didn't have to think before because something failed or something succeeded. And it changes the arc of the story. That's great. And why even have the dice rolls? Yeah, that's a good question. If, if you, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if you don't, if you want to save, you know, your players from bad dice rolls, why even have dice rolls? Personally, I don't like this weird guy. I know a lot of people do it. I don't, I want you to be invested in your character and I want you to feel things when that character dies. I just don't want you to think that it, that it can't happen or that somehow I owe you your life to stay alive. I want, I want, like, even when Heathen Dog, when Heathen Dog's character died, who else died in your, oh, Bob's character died, your character yep. died. Uh, uh, World, if you remember, Eric's first Obsidian was a, 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 a wizard. He mm -hmm. died. I don't think we cared too much about that one because he was so new. Was he a wizard or was he a, a elementalist? I thought he was an uh, elementalist. You might be right. I think, you, actually, I think you are right. He's a fire uh, elementalist, yeah. But, but he wasn't in the game long, so we didn't get attached to him. When the Jackal died, especially since it ended up being his only good character, we all had thoughts, like, but... At the same time, okay, it's time to write up a new character. We still talk stories about these characters, even though they died. You know, that to me, that's the fun part of it. But we don't dwell like, can't let it happen, man. No, it happen. No. I mean, I'm I'm still proud of, of how how my first Earth Dawn character died. And I was only what, circle two or three? I was like really early on. Yeah, yeah, it was like I think it's three-ish. Yeah, and uh and I, I died, you know, saving the lives of everyone in the party and taking down a giant uh was it a wyvern? Something like that. It was fly. It was a flying creature. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Wyverns killed uh killed Bob's character. So I don't think it was a wyvern, but uh, okay. it was it was it was, it, was, a, it was it was some flying creature that had like five times you know the the hit points so to speak of me and I and I basically took it down to almost nothing and it was on the ground couldn't do anything and the rest of the characters just coup de grace it and it was over. Unfortunately, you got to splat on the ground. And unfortunately, in doing so, I I died but I died saving the lives of everyone yep. else. And so my legend lives on. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you do in earth on. That's, that's yeah. the best way to express in earth on too. Legend lives on. Our man says, I see more and more DMs expressing role in RPG, but I'm going old school as F and expressing game and RPG. You have to have balance in both. And, and yeah, I, you know, balance. yep. Um, and that's cool though. If you, if your table leans more towards the game side, have fun, play it that way. Um, all I'm countering as far as this whole bad DM nonsense, we got to get to these next ones quickly here because this episode's going long, is uh, last one that I'm going to show up for this before I go to the next question is, but good tactics can overcome a few bad dice rolls. Yes, yeah. but every now and again, you're just... You roll that one and there's no coming back. Every yeah. now and again, it all comes down to one die roll. Every now and again. You can prepare, you can, you can plan, but every once in a while, it's all going to come down to one roll. All right, two, there are two more left here. About it. Like, ready for the next comment? Yeah. Player fun is paramount. It's the DM's job to facilitate it. Hmm. 
Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to answer that the way I would, uh, I would, uh, answer that if a woman asked me, uh, why, why can't you make me happy? My answer is I'm not responsible for your happiness. So as, as a player, if you're not happy in my game, you can leave. I am not responsible to make you happy. You're a different person than me. I don't know exactly what makes you happy. If what makes you happy is getting you everything you want under the sun and you winning all the time and having no possibility of failure, I don't want you at my table anyway. You're not going to have fun at all. So go away. That's my answer. If you're not happy in a game you're playing, walk away, find another game. If you walk away from five games in a row because they're not making you happy, the common denominator is you. You're the problem. Play checkers. It's more your speed. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. My uh, my comment was, uh, so they neuter the DM, right? No, no more GM or DM GM fiat, right? No, no more of that stuff. But you're still responsible for everybody's fun. <laughs> Like, yeah. like now, uh, I'm not really, as, as Heathen Dog said, I'm not going to repeat him too much here. It's like, I'm not responsible for your fun. I'm not even responsible for facilitating it. What I do have as a dungeon master is I have a different role. Your role is to play the job of the characters, the actors in the scene, we'll say, or the, the main characters, you want to call it that, in the scene. My job is to world build, is to make sure or uh, to understand what your actions have influence upon. In my case, the way I run the games, how it affects whatever timeline we're, we're talking about or timelines we're talking about. But ultimately, there are mistakes I can make. I can not give you enough information and you feel that it is a dead end street because I didn't explain myself right or because I thought you're in my headspace and you're not. But at the same time, I'm not going to spoon feed you, right? Going back to kind of what we were talking before. When it comes to with players staying or characters uh, staying alive, just because you do something dumb does not mean you have the right to live. Well, it's what my character would do, right? And your character would die. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, okay. Then, you know, your your character became a cautionary tale for the people that follow. Okay, great. Like somebody who stepped on a screw. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not... It's not the DM's responsibility to facilitate it other than setting the scene. It is up to you to understand that they're out. Again, a good DM will put those in there. It's up to you to say, you know what, maybe this is where biting off a bit more we can chew. And let's let's talk about one of my favorite subjects over the last week, the death spiral, because God, so many people complain about the death spiral in Forbidden Lands. Yes, there's a death spiral in Forbidden Lands. One, the game is more about teamwork than even D&D is. You, you, you have to fight as a team. The other uh, other part of it is in real life, you start taking lumps, things start getting worse for you. But that death spiral is a two-way street. It also affects the creatures. So you're whittling it down as well. And sometimes you have to look that you are not getting the better of this deal, and it is time to leave. Okay? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have too much more to say on that. Uh, I thought there was a comment here. I thought there were two comments I want, but only one started. I gave up trying to make women happy. It's all about me, baby. So there's that, a coat. That's the way to go. That's my the 100% way to go. My women coworker? Do not, no, women do not respond to making them happy. Women respond to strength and organization. And and they they would you you want a woman to respect you more than like you. And then your life will be better. That's all I'm gonna say about that. My coworker in Germany used to say, Hey, I tell my wife all the time, I got mine, you get your gasm. All right. Uh, I thought there's another comment here, but I'm not seeing it. And I want to get through this. I've got to do all the video editing and stuff tonight still, too. So 
Um, we're gonna move on to the last one. You're gonna love this. Oh, we kind of already talked about this one, but I put it, I think, because of how it's worded. You don't have to accept the result of a die roll. What? <laughs> you don't have to accept the result of a die roll. So, no, no, it, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that question was rhetorical. <laughs> if, the, if the die indicates somebody dies, or if a die indicates a, a, a green dragon is the random encounter, if you're playing old school, if the die indicates that, uh, that something negative happens, you don't have to let it happen. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Before I respond to that statement, I'm asking who is the object of this, the player or the game master? The, the game, the game master is the object of this. In fact, in the terms of you don't have to let a player die, or a character die just because you rolled 20 points of damage. It doesn't actually have to be 20 points of damage. Just because it's the saving throw versus poison failed doesn't mean the saving throw really has to fail. All right. <laughs> We've all been guilty of, of fudging dice behind, behind the screen. Okay. We've all been guilty of that for and against the players. We've all done it. Is it right? No. Does it happen? Yes. I've never done it. You're a lying fuck. Stop it. You've done it too. <laughs> Stop it. Is it right? No. It is not. But having said that, I do understand you rolling something like, oh God, they, you know, they they prepared for this. They they know that they know the trap is there. They 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 uh you know put a board across the hole and they're walking around. Yeah, but the the game says there is a five percent chance that the board breaks when more than one person walks on it, and I roll it, and it rolls an ot two. But guess what? Shouldn't have had two people on it. <laughs> Technically, you should not fudge that roll. But again, having said that, if the players properly prepared, if the players were smart. I'm going to reward that. I'm going to reward forethought because I want it to happen again. I don't want the players thinking that even if their characters prepare as much as they can, it doesn't mean shit. So why even prepare? I don't want that, you know, logical spiral to start happening in their head. So long shots that kill them, even though they prepared for these long shots, I personally may fudge it. Yeah. But, but if a player rolls and fails a save and dies because of it, it's in front of everyone. There's nothing I can do. It's in the open. There is no backdoor shenanigans I can pull out of that. It just happens. You know, it happens sometimes. Everyone's going to pat him on the back and say, you know, I'm sorry, man. That was a, that was a bad beat. It was, it was a bad beat, you know, behind the scenes, I can pull some shenanigans, but out in the open, there's nothing I can do. I don't even think I have to answer this one because chat's already answering it. Don't have to accept it. Why are you rolling in the first place? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, but I will have a caveat here that partially agrees with him. Rules like, Rules dice, like dice are guidelines time out where is he no no no! don't don't time him out don't time him out because uh because i've got a comment to this and gm doesn't have to follow them but you kind of said the same thing uh, it's just yeah 
yeah the, the verbiage though and this is what i'm gonna nuance in a moment is is the difference <laughs> to dice fudge is my favorite treat <laughs> gross <laughs> that's funny it's a good one uh and i thought there's one more i started but i guess not um to say that i've never fudged a die roll is bs i don't fudge dice rolls i what i do is i will fudge a scenario though and let me go to the one you've all heard a hundred times because there might be one of you hasn't and that's the one the heathen dog knows about with uh with that horror at the end they mm. killed it in one round i didn't fudge the dice rolls but I wasn't about to let that horror die in one round. They built up to this. It would have cheapened the encounter for them, and it would have cheapened the idea of what horrors are in Earth Dawn. So this is what I said to myself. They lived. They won. They have already won. But we're going to have some fun with this because I need them to know how powerful horrors are. And I uh, just said, no, no player character is going to die. Or beat seriously injured well i think i heard i think i hurt one or two of you well, but a, a single wound i'm talking about losing limbs and shit oh right right, right. yeah 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 no, none, none of that's gonna happen yeah no nobody's gonna lose another arm <laughs> you know yeah, but you but they're going to feel it and though they did feel it and i only needed two like two or i think it was two yeah, more rounds three, so I remember three rounds total yeah three rounds total yeah that's that's right um and it was enough and at that point the next point of damage that somebody did to it it died which I think I ended up doubling it, but whatever. You no, know, no, but uh, it was, I, I believe it was Bob Scout who like, who like jumped in the air and came down with a dagger on the top of its head. It well, was, you it did a razor dramatic. orb that really messed it up. Like, like that first round that when, when Eric got off that Whopper with cheese and then the next round, cause you had done your, your multi-thread casting yeah. and your razor orb, I remember tore that damn thing up, yep. but it was already dead. <laughs> right. Right. But I still wrote down to the, Long story short, I'll fudge things in that way. I, but again, very rarely, and it's just like the die rolls. Ultimately, if I don't want Heathen Dog's character to die to a poison, I can't picture this happening, but let's just say that's what we're doing here. I'll do this behind my screen. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you made your save. Don't even care what the number is. I'll still roll the die because I'm not just going to be like, yeah, hand wave, because that, that cheapens things, but I'll fudge it that way. But I won't do this. Oh, uh, I rolled a save of a three for you. Does that succeed? No. Well, um, um, instead of dying, uh, you you fall into a coma. Yeah, yeah there you go. I, I, no, I'm just gonna I'll roll the die still because again, I'm not I'm not gonna let you know I'm hand waving it, but I will effectively hand wave it. But that happens so rarely because I don't believe in that. Maybe when I was young, not not maybe when I was younger, I can remember myself doing that. Probably one out of every ten or twenty rolls. Now, if it happens twice in a whole campaign i would say eh, i cheated hopefully that makes sense um so uh I, I i absolutely believe in the in the die roll i also believe in the concept of like i'm not going to make you roll unless it's meaningful right yeah like, i mean the, the the more times you roll the more chances you have to fail especially in a linear game where yes. a one and a 20 has the same odds you know exactly if uh if if it's if it's not thematically storyline or or uh or uh, su survival survival like appropriate there's no point to rolling you just do it is that it oh we got comments all right comments from last week remember i picked three yep 
So hope you guys like that. Uh, uh, we focused on the whole the character death concept of it. Uh, hope hope it was interesting for you guys. Now let's look at some comments for last week. Uh, Max, why is it a problem for why is it a problem for riffs that you can always make more? I don't think I said that there was a problem with riffs for always making more. I remember making that comment. I think it was something about uh, the riffs rule. Yeah, the riffs rule books always make more. There's not. A, I don't have a problem with riffs. Like. Did I imply ever that there is something wrong with Riffs? Riffs isn't my game. It isn't for me necessarily. That's definitely more for him, but I like the fact that Riffs keeps putting out books. <laughs> Did do you know what I what uh, I have no been? idea what he's okay. talking about? Okay. I just you hope should, I didn't because you're the one who curated these things. You should know exactly what he's talking about. I just wanted to know if somebody else in chat knew what I may have said last God week because they remember more than I do. All, All right. right. Okay, here we go. Here's a longer one. So I don't see a problem with Monty Python. Oh, God. Uh, it's, and this is from Al, who's in our chat right now. It's just the pinnacle of what happens in all games, not in my game. Uh, movies and books quotes from players. A GM will manipulate a TV show to be a game when it doesn't fit. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't like it. Uh, I've seen it. And I think I've fallen prey to that a couple of times as well. Uh, that was the last episode of Table Breakers, How to Make a Game Your Own. All right. How can you prevent the Monty Python effect in any game when all are based on pre-existing examples of fiction? No, Monty Python is over-the-top comedy, and I don't allow over-the-top comedy at my table. I well, just don't. Unless you're playing tune. Well, right, or right, 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 or right. whatever. And if it's if it's built into the thing, then it's fine. But you don't like those games, so you don't you don't run those games. So it's not for you. My my games are 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 very dark and serious when it comes to things. It doesn't mean people can't laugh or have fun, but if you start making jokes about dead babies or something like that, uh, we I might have to change how this campaign turns. I might have to start you know lopping off limbs from you or something. I don't know, but uh, anyway, especially uh, those based directly on established properties. I don't play those. I don't like IP games. I think I've said that a lot of times, uh, but you might not know that. I yeah. I, you know, if you start walking around, la, da, da, we're the Knights of Saint Oh, really? So you're a knight, you're a knight code, and is that uh, going to go against the king or the duke? Uh, are you are you now mercenaries? Uh, who are you? So, and who hasn't used a movie quote as a player or a GM? We all have. Yeah. Monty Python just seems a place made for people to get the most of the shenanigans out of your system. Here's the problem with the: it's when people don't fucking shut up about it. One person goes, oh, I have a shrubbery. Does that yeah. make sense at all at the table? No, no but it's funny. No. It's not fucking funny. No, it's not. And and what, what happens is what one, one person makes a nonsense quote, people laugh, which emboldens another person to make yep. a nonsense quote, which emboldens another person to make a nonsense quote. And then your table has, has devolved to, to just shoes. a whole bunch of real life memes. And yeah. that's, it's uh, that, that's not fun. Now your table, you might enjoy that and have fun. And I say, have at it. That's your table. That not is right. not my table. No. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, uh, saying that every table is going to be different. I don't like comic relief tables. I tend to leave those games. No. But here we go. Because <laughs> we thanked him last week. Thanks for the mention, Spider Monkey Max. I had a comment to this, and I don't know what it was, but I, I had a comment to this. I can't remember it. So I'm just going to go with uh, what he said on the well, screen there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep, I'm going to remember the comment after the stream's over, but we got to get to segment three. Damn it, it was, it was a snarky one too, but a funny snarky one, not one that attacks him. Go check out the OGGM's adventures. Check out his YouTube channel. 
and uh, let me get this crap off the screen. And let me do the proclivities at the end here for the video, not the stream. There we go. And he now can get us ready for segment three, where we bring you in to talk to us. So, as always, that is our live stream schedule. Checks out Sundays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. The purple ones are Twitch. The red ones are YouTube. Checks out there. Join our social media, our Discord. Discord's the best place to be. You can come join us there, talk to us, and uh, yell at me more after the stream's over about uh, our hot takes here. And uh, that's really all I have for some reason. thought I had one more slide, but that's it. So let's end this. Helps to click the right button. Uh, my, throat, my throat is killing me. I'm not going to be able to hang. Oh, you already got the link out there? Wow. All right. Yeah. You, guys, you guys know the deal for segment three. Follow subscriber. Pithy one topic. And don't watch the language. Don't go there. Click. And let's bring in Omino. All right. Hey. I'm going to be in the minority. I hate killing off characters. I do. But I want them to be to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this ant antagonist? <laughs> wow. Like, well, 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 perfect example is, okay, your character falls 30 feet. Well, in many cases, that will kill a character if they're low level. I would right. rather them break their legs, and now the players have to drag them out of the dungeon. Um, what about the player that says, I'm just done with this character? Okay, well, then you die. Fine. You know, that's, I, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you're going to be like that, then, you know, we're going to have a talk after and say, you know what, if you're not going to play, you're not going to do this. Well, my uh, character's gimp. What can I do? Well, you know, Dude, you but, have broken legs. I mean, come on. You're right. You, you can see three PO this shit on a Wookiee and be, be fine in the, in the next, in the next play session after you get your legs healed. This is not a thing. Well, but that's my entire point is I would rather do that. It's the same thing. Of, okay. I, well, I get it. I get it. But you oh. know, then, then characters are going to think they can, they, they can get away from a, a certain death situation by jumping off a cliff. That should be a certain death situation. Well, here's the problem. If everyone has broken legs, they're not getting out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm time together. Bob who went first, he's going to cushion my fall. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, then it's kind of like, well, and you hit the sword. And then you do oh, damage okay. to him. I mean, you all know, right, well, it, all right, all right. See, I, I, this is the this illustrates the slippery slope of fudging stuff. You know, you got to fudge upon fudge upon fudge. It's 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 like a ditto machine. After the seventeenth fudge, you don't know what the fuck you're looking at anymore. I don't have to fudge. All it says is, you know, is zero hit points death, or is it just crippling? I mean, come on, death. I, it's just, it's not my, it's, 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 it's the answer. Not, it's not, you were looking for the answer. There it is. It's death. It's, it's, it's not my fault that, that Darth Vader lopped off Luke Skywalker's hand. I mean, come on. At no. a certain yeah, point, it, was a, it was a real game. That character would have said, screw it. My hand went down. I'm going down too. Bye. Yeah. Well, well, you did. Touche. Touche. You know what this reminds me of, though? This reminds me of something I was going to mention earlier during segment two, which was uh, with, with the whole players say hate feeling powerless i've only ever found that to actually be the case or to be true to even be a truism when it's one character versus another character in the party i've been on both sides of that where i was the character that was like i can't you guys have probably heard about my ranger that i played in uh, uh I, I won't get into it here but i played in korea where i couldn't do anything right because there's a freaking druid here who was messing with me the entire time right so i got very fed up with that character because i literally could not compare to the druid for for wasn't even a druid but anyway um but i i and i've been on the other side that where somebody's been comparing to me it's like well i can't do as much damage as max i can't stop that certain characters are meant to do certain things 
yeah. the, a good game master also sets up a stage. And I wish I would have said yeah. this during segment two, where every character at some point doesn't have to be during the same session, but at least some uh, time during the campaign can shine. We're going to have some, oh, you're a wizard and you need to go to the library. Well, we're going to have some books for you. And we're going to talk about that without taking up all the other characters time. You're great at combat. You're going to shoot some people in the face and stab people with the swords. Oh, you're good at sneaky sneaky, or you're a Decker from Shadowrun. We are going to give you time to do those roles. Absolutely. Well, and I, everybody's going to allow someone to play a Decker. In Shadowrun. And, 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 and to be fair on this, when I say, you know, all my friends think I'm a killer DM. I'm like, no, I hate killing off characters. If you do something stupid, you're going to die. If you're going to fight the big bad, you're going to die. If you're going to fight a bunch of orcs, um, you know what? Death doesn't have to happen at zero level. No, no. I can you can use an arm, a leg, a toe, an eye, whatever. Well, 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 exactly. And then, like, the heroic, I'm going to hold the door. Well, thanks, Gandalf. Bye. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and no, I don't believe in, I hate resurrection. I hate raised dead. If you're dead, you're dead. At that point, oh, no, I love resurrection. Yes. I hate raised dead. Resurrection's awesome because in in second edition, you rolled randomly for your new race. No, no, that was reincarnation. That's oh, reincarnation. I'm sorry, reincarnation. No, right. no. I love reincarnation because you were all oh, fuck. Now I'm a half elf. No, no, or, no. I want you to or I'm a gnome or whatever. You're like, oh god damn it. No, know, I love that. Self. Like, hey, hey. No, no, I don't want anyone to go through it. That's my whole thing. Is like there are other options. That's not that characters don't die. If you mouth off to the king. Okay, um, he's going to pull out your tongue, and then he's going to lop off your head. Okay, you know, there's certain things. I want consequences, not necessarily to kill them off. And then the other part is when we talk about um, fudging dice rolls, and like Max was saying, there are certain times that you're denying characters a satisfactory victory. Because I remember playing one game, which was in Vampire. The guy rolled, you know, the DM rolled, rolled all ones for the um, – and I forgot, he had like seven dice or something. So the critical got so bad, it was like, well, you just grapple him and he thought. I was like, you know what? In retrospect, that's bad. There's a reason we put a GM screen, so they can't see what we're doing. So, yes, we can. Well, fight. there are some people yeah. who are just dead set. Like, no, if you roll and the, play, the characters can't see it, then you're a bad dungeon master. Like, bullshit. That's what the GM screen's for. So if, if you use it only for fudging, then why are you rolling the dice? Just tell your dumb narrative that you're trying to do. You know, yeah. heathen dog, you succeeded. Omen owl, you you fell and died. What well, you know, whatever. Like well, if you in in that instance that you're talking about, the 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 uh, vampire thing, the 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 NPC yeah. bad guy rolled all ones or or in, enough ones to be such a failure that's catastrophic. Yeah, you would still use that result, but you would make it look like the, the characters got extremely lucky or, or yeah. the, 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 the bad guy made a fatal tactical error and you, you, and you can take advantage of it. it. He wouldn't die immediately, but you just like, just like what Max did with the horror, he would eventually die and nobody in the party would die because the bad guy already lost. No, so no, I, guess I agree with you with that. that out to make it, to make it more fun for everyone. But in the end, the bad guy loses and nobody dies. And Make and sure okay. that happens. I'm okay with that. But again, that's why you have the GM screen. So you can right. fudge dice yeah. enough. And, you know, it's like, look, it's okay. not that it, and players know sometimes like, okay, but yeah, I agree with you. Don't cheapen their roles. The other thing is, is, you know, like I said, is I want cascading. When I hear the death spiral, you're going downhill. The other thing is, you know, and I know Shadow and I said, talked about this. What if, a lot of characters would rather lose magic items. Well, you get, well, I'm sorry, not, but would rather die than lose a magic item. So you're telling me you'd rather lose your six magic items than three or four. Okay, back to first level. Yeah, it's, it's weird how players get in that, but I got to let you go because okay. we got to some people sure. stepping behind you. But thank you very much, Omanel. You have a good one. Okay.
All right. Uh, now let's bring in the fat gamer. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine today. How about you? Doing wonderfully. What can we do for you? What you got for us? I was on the counterpoint of or opposite side of the don't kill player or don't be a bad DM about killing players. Okay. I actually like playing the campaigns where you have no hope. Sounds like you me. are just going to die someday. Oh, so you're talking things like Death in Space, Call of Cthulhu, uh, Morkborg. Paranoia. Paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, in this as, case, as I just watched you guys' video. Right, right. As, as long as all the players know that going yep. in and agree to it, that's fine. But if you spring that shit on them after they've already agreed to play, made their characters, and started playing, like, oh, by the way, you're all going to die be because the, the world is a bleak cesspool of, 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 of assery and demons, and there's absolutely no chance for you to make it better. Let's have some fun. And they're like, what? So, so you know, maybe, maybe that could have been done done better on my part. I could have expected because I was specifically talking about that critical role nonsense. So I was thinking D and D the entire time. But yeah, there are absolutely games out there built around that premise, and they are fun. Yeah, yeah. As long as you know that going in. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you always make my players read the books before we play. I don't let them read okay. the DM's part. Just sure. You got to know what you're getting into. Otherwise, it's no fun right. for anybody. Exactly. That 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 is the the now what is called you know session zero. You mm -hmm. know where the, this is the world. This is the tone. This is the this is the kind of things that are going to be here. Oh, and and by the way, uh, abandon all hope, ye who play my game, because you're all going to die. And and uh, you might want to have four or five characters in reserve. <laughs> and if if they look around and go, I'm out. That's up to them at that point. They don't want to play. That's fine. They don't want to play that game. Either before you change we... it or they don't play. Before we move on yeah, the, exactly. uh, with the with regard to that when i ran that earth on game back in the 90s i photocopied certain sections of that book everybody got this the basically what the world is and then if you were playing a fighter type you got all the combat trips uh tick i can't talk tips and tricks if you played a wizard you learned everything about thread magic and how to cast spells but you didn't know anything about fighting so it was fun to watch them it was like okay i'm gonna give ground so i can get this bonus and the guy's like, You're like gonna... and, and i'm like what the hell is giving ground <laughs> you know thanks like i was that. playing a wizard like what the fuck is that and, but on the flip like, side oh, they're like hey can I do that? Oh, sure, you could do that. How come I didn't know that? Because you weren't trained in it, dumbass. Right. I can teach you. Oh, great. On the flip hey. side, uh, hey, we need to look at the threads of that item to see oh, how magical it is. Like, what? That's a magic item. What are you talking about? So it's a rusty piece of shit. Oh, no, it just looks like that. But I can <laughs> see clearly it's a magic item. How come I can't see clearly? How, how come you can't cast spells? Because you're stupid. Give me the thing. You know, <laughs> so so you, using your, your your premise there, uh, yeah, absolutely. I love the idea of, like, for the Year Zero games, I actually have them split up into, like, this game match stuff. Like, I would give anybody, here's the player section. Know it, love it, live it, learn it. Yep. Anything, anything else? Idea, you know, everything going in. Uh, a, a doomed game is completely valid. Yep. Absolutely valid. A any final comments, Fat Gamer, before we move on to the next one? Uh, no, other than I enjoy your content. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. And thanks for being here. Glad to see you and you have a great day. You too. All right. Now we got Damien, Damien from uh, DM James channel. That's, that's how I'm going to uh, recognize him from now on. <laughs> What's going on? And he's muted right now. There you guys unmuted. What can we do for you, Damien? What you got for us? Afternoon, afternoon guys. Um, I just have a quick question for you. I know, um, um, previously you've had, um, conversations about, bioessentialism and, and yeah. games and um one of the questions that i have because and i know um max has disagreed with me i don't mind the divorcing oh. of the 
attribute bonuses to some of the other stuff because one of the reasons I feel because um, some like talents and traits such as dark vision or the transibility of elves and stuff like that. I think that is part of that bioessentialism because I gotcha. Um, and, and I would think that as far as the, the attribute bonuses, um, and I don't know all the reasons why, but I could see how you could tie that into your background because depending on how you're grown up in, even in the same culture, race, whatever you want to call it, like a, um, like an elven noble that has trained to be a knight might have that bonus in like strength or charisma because of the nature of their upbringing as compared to a elf, elf that was a minor, um, would have different bonuses spread out on other, um, Oh, other, um, uh, I have a counter things. to that. Um, mm -hmm. an elven miner is called a dwarf. Well, elves can mine as no. well. Yes, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Why was essentialism? Well, well a couple of things here. So dig underground. Well, well, well no, I'm sorry. They, they, they might dig graves. But let, 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 let me backtrack because this is something that this is my fault. So first of all, normally we only cover what we talked about in today's oh, episode. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Okay. I, I didn't say the beginning because I was racing through it. So that's my fault. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. And I agree with Heathen Dog in this. And that's the whole point of bioessentialism. So I, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, this is why I actually, I didn't used to like it. I'm a second edition AD&D guy, right? But I actually now prefer races class. I prefer basic D&D because I think it sets the right tone. But only, 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 only for Dungeons and Dragons. If I want my elf to be a minor, I'll play Earthdawn because Earthdawn elves don't have yeah, that. Elf can be whatever. Any race can be whatever. Now, the, the one thing, other thing on what you're saying is elves, using D&D, simply don't have the biological makeup. They can never have the 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 tightness of muscles. Kind of like a monkey will always be stronger than a person, uh, comparatively well, speaking. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, orangutan. Uh, because biologically, it doesn't have the muscles that can do it. Now, so what was it for for uh, Elsa's minus one to constitution? That's right. They're frail. They don't. They live. They live easy lives. They. They love to enjoy the outdoors and the nature and, and leaves wafting on the wind. And they like to sit back and maybe smoke a hookah or something. They, they, they're, they, they live in trees to stay away from predators. Or, or they shape the trees. live underground where they constantly have to dig. It's, 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 physically, it's physically taxing all the time. Cave-ins are a constant concern. So who cares about charisma when you've got to tell people get exactly. over here, you fool? About, about <laughs> charisma when when you you have to you have to move those sixteen tons or you're not getting food, you know? <laughs> no, nobody cares. So that that's why they have to grow up and grow up and and be different. That's why they get the minus to charisma because charisma is not important in the life that they grew up. If you want to be the drizzit of dwarves, you can play a different game than mine. All right. Well, one if, one if, last thing before he goes. Oh, before before because he's obviously going to want to follow up with this is finally just remember in D and D at least the way it's supposed to be is humans are diversity. Humans are the diverse race. We are the ones that can, that are prolific, that we have the passion, the drive, the zeal. We get, we're the most evil, we're the most good, we're the most all, all around. Maybe not in any individual person, but an individual can go, they are the personifications of stereotypes, of these tropes, however you want to look at it. They, they are the phenotype for that, the embodiment of that concept. And unfortunately, 
and I have to blame second edition for this, we started to expand that out. Like, well, wood elves and high elves and other high elves and different high elves and wild elves and these elves. It's like, no, stop with that. Just have them be the special thing they are. Otherwise, it isn't. It, it really loses it's not specialness special anymore. Yeah. It's not special anymore. If 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 you have if you have a, a, an elf that that can be a, a miner or can can be a barbarian, you know, you're taking away what's special about the elf. If you wanted to be a barbarian, you would be a human or a dwarf or an, or a half orc or whatever. If you wanted to be a miner, you would be a human or a dwarf. And and, and I'm sure you're getting the thing of human, 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 human. <laughs> Humans can be everything. So you can have a diverse, you know, like, oh, well, at, at my, my, uh, as, as a human, you could say my grandfather was a miner. My father was a miner. My brothers are miners. But me, I'm a florist. And that's completely fine because you're a human. You can break the norm because you are the opposite of what is normal. You are everything. But if you want to be an elf, you want to be a dwarf, you want to be a hat, you want to be a, a, a gnome or whatever, you have chosen to be a trope. You have chosen yourself to be a square peg and you better find a square hole or you're not going to function. All right, Damien, that's a lot to unpack what you got. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I see you guys' points. And, and I think probably one of the things that that's really breaking is, is is probably going into from second to third um breaking away race from class which i still like tommy role-playing uh sacrilege still but um and i think feats probably probably um, imbalances that as well so and i guess i have to um try to remember like when you're when you're talking this bioessentialism conversation it's really in in D and D, in D and D, right? Just, exactly. Just yes, because D &D. other games are 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 made differently from the ground up, where the, the the tropes are different. So, so what what I would say in that regard, you you probably don't hear me say this as much, but I have said it a few times: is setting matters, game system matters. So, uh, for example, I wouldn't run Palladium Fantasy by trying to rewrite all the lore. I wouldn't go into Dark Sun Ooh, yeah. and say, "Well, my halflings aren't cannibalistic." Well, then you're not playing Dark Sun. You, you see what I'm saying? So, to me, a lot of that has to do. And D and D, you can say, "Well, it's not its own setting." Well, I'm arguing about the core books, which then forms you know the settings come from after that. I despise the fact that the core books have changed to now just be this amorphous nonsense. It's backward think. It will always be backward think to me to say that we're going to bring it and we're going to open it up to everybody and everything. And it's up to you to limit it because when you put it down at your table, heathen dog actually knows who I'm talking about when I say this, whether he knows or not, but somebody was running a game who said, I want to play 5e, but with second edition second edition sensibilities, which means I'm going to keep the race class limitations second edition had, and his players that he'd been playing with for a while revolted. They said, no, we want to play 5e, and that's what 5e is. I want to be all this dumb nonsense. I'm happy that the restrictions have been removed, and he couldn't run the game that he wanted to run because he likes the 5e rule set because they, you can't go backward. Once you open up Pandora's box, you're not shoving that stuff back in, so it's yeah. a backward thing. Okay. Oh, one last thing before I go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I think that, um, and I might be getting this wrong, but I think one of the reasons why, at least in the core books, the three core books of fifth edition and and um, whatever's coming next, why it's so wide open is just showing kind of the possibilities. But as the game master, you would basically, you know, for your campaign, for your game, you ch you you lay everything out, you pick what you want, 
and then you communicate that within your session zero. All right, this is how we're going to play this campaign, blah, blah, blah. Here are the races, here are the, the options. Now, granted, there's other stuff there, but it's like, well, we're not going to use that, which. And uh, that is exactly correct. Think right there. That is absolutely right. You, too uh, bad nobody else does that. <laughs> in fifth edition, all the 57,000 races, all the, all the class combinations, those are all optional up to the game master and the setting he wants his game to be in. But the problem is twofold. One, pussy game masters. And two, Twitter. bitchy players. <laughs> Twitter. And okay, okay. And and three Twitter fuels fuels one and two. And I'm sorry, one one last caveat. Do you think that if they would have instead of basically making default kitchen sink setting and a bunch of adventures, if they would have had a set of world books which could cut and paste all the stuff for this campaign setting would that have been better a whole sure. whole long-term conversation better. to have bring that up on a, on a friday uh, because i've actually talked about that before but the, yes it would be better but it is actually against what watsi wants watsi said yes. hell i'm gonna, I'm gonna talk it, about it now. against wizards of the coast yeah. sensibility because they want DD to be DD. yes they don't want DD to be segregated in people's minds to be different settings, Athos, but you know, dra dragon, dragon, or, and that was actually or, a state of realms or Greyhawk or whatever. They don't want all that. They want it all to be a D and D. And the way they thought they could do that is to make everything optional. That way, everyone's just playing D and D. What they actually did was give so many options that no one can control it anymore. Yeah. But since it's every gone out table, of control, every table is different, it's already segregated. Yeah, but not not in not in Wizard of the Coast puny little fucking brain. Yeah, so, so when third edition was about to come out, and then we gotta let you go here. Uh, <laughs> when third edition, one of the one of the things that Watsi came up when looking at TSR said, people keep saying we play. I play Forgotten Realms. I play Dark Sun. I play Spelljammer. I, they don't say I play D and D. We need to change that. We need to get them to say I play D and D. We want people to buy D and D products, and we need them. We need to make the money that way instead of keep having these different settings. That was absolutely a, a stated design goal of them, uh, and this is this was the result of it. In order to facilitate that, well, we, well, you might have tinker gnomes, and I have traditional gnomes, and you've got deep gnomes. Well, we've got to be able to facilitate that in the game and allow everybody to play whatever they want. And fifth edition just ended up being the culmination of all of that. Uh, what third edition wanted now in a fifth edition package. And even RPG Pundit, who was a consultant for fifth edition, said this was supposed to be an evergreen game because you were literally just supposed to do exactly what you said, Damien, exactly what you said, supposed to just pick and choose. I want a little of this and I want a little of that and I want a little of this and now I can build my homebrew world, right? But nobody did that. What happens is uh, you said that somebody couldn't play a trance, tiefling, half-ogre giant? Well, then you're a bad game master and all of a sudden you're canceled and you can't get people to watch your shows or you can't. I mean, most 99 percent, uh, maybe a little less than that, we'll say 95 percent of people don't care what Twitter says at all. And they play their games. We hear it all the time. Like, I didn't know that was a thing going on. I didn't know that was part of 5e. I just do my own thing. But the people who are, in, are involved in helping people make money or involved in selling a product or making a product are listening to this bullshit. So the fact that you do it the right way, I love. I absolutely love hearing that. I just wish you were in the minor or the majority. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say that a lot. <laughs> no, I know no, that's that's a special event. Someone clip this. So uh, I already did. <laughs> Thank you, All right, David. Well, we got we got to get somebody else behind you. I've right, been on here for a while, but you have a great night, sir. Have a good one. Good to hear from him. All right, we got Mar Hawkman. I'm going to put the last call out there, and then. Uh, 
And wow, this has been a long ass episode. Hey, so how you guys doing? Um, hey, what's up? I, I was just, I was just thinking about the whole like thing like you, you were discussing earlier when you were talking about the night banes, the whole like uh, oh you, you can play a straight night bane or you can play a night bane that has a subclass. And, and and made a, a discussion of like well why you considered that to be a bad idea as a for your first character definitely yeah. a bad idea yeah it, it's, it's one of those things I've noticed that a lot of games when when they have when they have the whole like multiple sets of options for character classes trying to mesh all of them together just gets really complicated <laughs> yeah yeah the, the 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 problem with those games and nightbane in particular is that you you don't end up with something better you you end up with with something with someone who can do a lot of things and none of them very well uh, uh one example a lot of people use myself included is the classic red mage in final fantasy because the red mage gets both black spells and white spells but not the top level ones of either class exactly <laughs> no, you you can't do all the cool ones that that people really like when when you get to end game content it's it's the same thing with with nightbane if you are a nightbane mystic or a nightbane sorcerer you don't get all of the cool sorcerer OCC special abilities, they get at level one. And you don't get all of the Nightbane talent, power, whatever, forget what they're called right now, but all, all of the talents at every third level, second or third level, you have to pay permanent PPE for each new one you get if you want more than one. So you're worse at being a Nightbane and you're worse at being a sorcerer or a mystic than straight up Nightbane or straight up mystic. And for your first character, you should be able to experience that class or race fully before you decide to do something else. That's why I'm going to make a straight Nightbane for October 2nd when, when, when I, when I make a character, because I want the people to see the full extent of a true, 100% fighter. It's it's kind of like saying, you know, I want to be a paladin instead of a fighter. Well, a fighter is is going to be better at straight up fighting. He's going to be going to be better at this, going to be better at that. But a paladin, after he gets some levels, he gets some cleric stuff, but he's not going to be able to specialize as much. He's a weaker fighter than a fighter is. I want to, I want to show you a fighter first. Yeah. Basically that. Right, anything else? Oh, well, uh, one thing that, that I was thinking about is like you were discussing with Damien the whole uh, racist class and, you know, uh, the, uh, of the way that some uh, games have, you know, like each race can theoretically do each class. And in some of the games that do that, well, most games well, still you, have some limitation. Even Palladium has some little Earth on has limitations. Well, well, what I was getting at, though, is that. The, the whole thing is like having, say, a dwarf be a mage. If the dwarf's, shall we say, natural um, stats don't support that, most players aren't going to want to be a dwarf mage anyways. <laughs> well, here, here's the problem with with uh, with dwarf dwarf mage in, in non-Watsi D&D. Dwarves have natural magical immunity, and that means they cannot channel, ma they, they should not be able to channel magic to create magical effects because their body just doesn't support that. 20% chance to just not be able to use a it magic does item. not work. Yeah, it, it, it just, their body naturally tries to reject it. So why would you gimp yourself by trying to be a wizard of some kind? It's stupid. And I'm not going to allow a player character to go into a game gimping themselves right out of the bat. 
it's 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 like uh some someone walks out of the bathroom and and they, they have toilet paper stuck to their shoe and you not say anything you just well, let him embarrass himself i forget Why? Which, which book it was but there was some book i, I read that was doing a uh breakdown of of race and class combinations and mentioned that well, in theory, uh, uh, members of this race could probably try doing this. Uh, you aren't going to see them doing it uh, often because of the fact yeah, but that, that, but that tells a player down. that tells a player that likes to play against type. That's me. That means I can do it and I'm going to do it. No, no. Just because just because someone else has done something, it means they are exceptional. The exception. You, my little player character friend, who's level one, is called <laughs> the rule. Right, 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 right. But where I was going with this is that this one continued to say that uh, you would, you know, need to just ask the DM for permission to even try to play against type in these cases yeah. because of just how badly it would be a and, terrible and idea. And if someone says no to you, you should not cry like a little baby little bitch. No, because it's the GM's world. You're just living in it. You should so not there expect was no, your whims. There was no distinction between divine and uh, arcane magic back in the day for D&D. Uh, right. Matter of fact, if you look at first edition AD&D, dwarves could be clerics, but only NPCs. There were yep. no dwarf PC clerics. That didn't happen yep. until second edition, or maybe unearthed arcane or some nonsense like that. But uh, uh so, I mean, d and just kept evolving. Next, uh, uh, you know, we're going to moon men. All right, Marhawk, we've got one more to go here. So I got to go. Thank, Thank you very you. much. All right, one more. Darthiak, how you doing? Then, we're, then we got to get out of here. Not too bad. I'll try to make this quick. Can you hear me? Yes, got you loud and clear. Sweet. Okay. The psychic earlier dealing with meditation and sleep. Mm -hmm. yes. The deal is, is when you meditate for one hour, you get six ISP, and it's equivalent to two hours of sleeping rest. Oh! If you sleep, so you only for have to meditate hour, for four hours. You get two ISP and one hour of physical rest. I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. It's the sleep component. It's not. That's it's not the, the mathematical component. Yeah. Okay. So you can actually right. meditate. You only have to meditate for four hours so instead of sleep for eight. That makes sense. Right. I don't, okay, I don't I like it, it but, I it <laughs> but it makes okay. sense. All right. Cool. Well, Anything else? It. Nothing more. Okay. Well, appreciate that clarification. That, that's, that, that, uh, you'll have a wonderful yeah, actually, day. Actually, yeah, well. I should have caught that. That was, now that he says it, it seems obvious, but yeah. you know, that that's usually what happens when, when, when someone drops a truth bomb on you, you know, it's like after you hear it, like, fuck, that's completely obvious. Why didn't I get that? Can you answer me a question? I don't care about the first part of what he said here, but he says right at the end, drow should be albinos. Can you answer why they're not albinos? Well, um, they're not albinos because uh, they're drow? No, the I blackness don't... comes from the representation of their evil. Oh, they're so re evil. Rep representation of, 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 their, of the evil god, Lulth? What? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's basically it. Lulth makes them black. Yes, and you know why? Because black is is a universal indicator of of evil in Dungeons and Dragons. Not in real life, you racist fuck. I'm talking about a game. <laughs> All right. So with that, 
I'm not even going to go through the proclivities. Most of you know what that is. I've already posted in a chat, but I'll tell you guys here. Hang on. Don't, don't leave. It's, yeah, it's the, the theme song lasts a minute, but this uh, the stream's going to automatically dump you over to Victor Gorchev's stream, the Dutch Oven. Check him out. He's on with the Basic Expert uh, quite a, on Basic Expert stream on Monday nights. You want to check that out. So just hang out here. I'm going to give Heathen Dog his final words of wisdom. We'll play that. I, and then I got nothing. He's got nothing. We have no words of wisdom. We got to go. My words of wisdom are I have to edit this shit and I have to work till tomorrow. This is about an hour longer than normal, but I appreciate hanging out with you guys. I'm going to play the theme song after I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody in chat here for, for talking to us. We got a bunch of people in segment three. This has been great. This is why we we enjoy doing this stuff because we say our spiel and then you come on and spiel back to us. Like, subscribe, and share. And uh, with that, let me go to the screen. And uh, play the music out. And like I said, please tell him that uh, that you're here from Legion of Myth. Let's see how many people we can get to say that so we can rate him, right? And with that, oops, hold on. I got to start with this, otherwise it'll get weird. And...